Steve Ritchie leaves Stern for Jersey Jack. Spooky Pinball launches Halloween and Ultraman. Museum of Pinball to auction their entire collection. Hi, my name is Jonathan Hewson. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine and I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Aver, I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here with uh, our July 2021 Pincast to look back at all the Pinball World events from the, the previous month. And we are now a little bit later than usual because we're uh, we're well, uh, recording this on the 4th of August. Normally we do it on the, on the 1st, but there was some uh, particular news we wanted to cover, and uh, we had some people we wanted to speak to as well, as you'll hear a little bit later. And... Uh, for that reason, we're, uh, well, despite um, those headlines that we mentioned earlier, we're also going to have uh, two interviews. Possibly with, uh, three. Various people. But right. Oh, three. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's so, so much going on this month that I'm um, losing track of what it is we've done. So uh, we might as well dive straight in and stop uh, prevaricating and uh, start with the, with the main headline this month, which uh, is the news from Jersey Jack Pinball. Right. So, and you might wonder why it's in the previous month. Uh, actually, we on uh, we knew about this last month already. Yes. And with last month, I mean, I was contacted by Steve Ritchie. Uh, I think June, uh, July twenty seventh, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a day after he apparently um, finished the white boots for his upcoming game at Stern and uh, packed his stuff. Left the left his office, packed up his office, left, and the next day he uh, texted me that he was going to be joining Jersey Jack Pinball. Yes, he, he resigned from Stern, we, we believe, on uh, on the Monday, the twenty sixth. Yes, uh, officially uh, gave him gave notice. Um, I guess he didn't need to give him you know, like thirty days notice of of quitting. If you're Steve Ritchie, you probably don't. And uh, apparently, there's also no non-compete. Yeah, uh, that's a place. surprise. Yeah, uh, you would think think that would be standard, but I guess when you're when you're uh, in in that lofty position in the company, you can uh, you can negotiate certain things into your contract and certain things out of it. Right. So, so um, now uh, there's good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah. The good news is uh, Steve Ritchie told me right away he wants to come on our podcast. The bad news is. That still has to wait a little bit because uh, Ken Cromwell, uh, who is the media manager at uh, Jersey Jack Pinball, uh, also has a podcast apparently, and uh, he wants to be the first to have Steve Ritchie on, but he's on vacation this week. So Ken um, is not Steve. Yes, Ken is. Um, now I can uh, uh, respect that someone is on vacation, but. If you know upfront that Steve Ritchie is going to be jumping ship, uh, he could have recorded that podcast uh, the week prior, I suppose, and not expect the world to stop turning because obviously everybody wants to talk to Steve Ritchie right now, and basically they're telling everybody no. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a problem, and uh, so basically you won't hear anything from Steve on social media in terms of interviews uh, this week. Right, uh, you have to wait uh, until next week. Next week will be the earliest, and then uh, then we'll see who, who who we will be talking to. But we have uh, we got the uh, the guarantee from Jack Guarnieri um, 
that Steve will be coming on our podcast and it will be very, very interesting, I suppose. Yeah, and, and Steve wants to come on our podcast as well, so it, it's a done deal. The only question is when. So I guess we will be doing a bonus podcast at some point over the next uh, week or so. Right, but uh, in the meantime, we did talk to uh, to Jack Guarnieri. Um, uh, shall we listen to that now? Yeah, I think so, because uh, there, there are certain things that uh, we, we need to keep in reserve, so questions which uh, only Steve can answer, and uh, but there's an awful lot which Jack can can talk about and um you know not not just about steve's uh, new role and uh, how that came to happen but also about uh, what's happening at the jersey jack pinball factory and in the management and uh, and also you know ongoing issues with existing games and um, and what their plans are for the future so yeah we have a lot to talk to jack about okay so let's give jack a call okay Jack, Jersey Jack. Oh, good old Gary. I knew he'd make an appearance somewhere. How are you, Jack? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Um, I guess you you got back from uh, from Chicago the other day. You, were, you weren't up there very long, were you? Uh, it was a matter of hours. I had a bunch of stuff to do yesterday, so I needed to get back and... Um, it was a great trip. It was a lot of fun. There's millions of people traveling. It's very exciting to see airports full of people again. Oh, is right. it healthy? And healthy, right? Well, oh, I, is it? I, 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 is it? <laughs> that's what we're wondering. <laughs> well, that's another show. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you're uh, you're you're up in Chicago for well in Elk Grove Village for for a main reason. Uh, which I think we're all familiar with now. Um, and you welcomed Steve Ritchie to the company uh, as he turned up um, in his uh, trademark shades and, uh, and was introduced to uh, Pat and um, Eric and uh, Keith and everybody else at the factory. How was that whole experience? It was, it was awesome. Um, Steve came to the airport to pick me up. I was going to take an Uber, and he he um, insisted on picking me up. My flight was delayed about an hour um, because of air traffic and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, he, he pulled up in his black car. Uh, that would make sense that he has a mm-hmm. black car. And he, he, uh, he jumped out of the car and ran over, and uh, we hugged each other, and... Uh, um, he said, he said, we're making it happen. And I said, we certainly are. And we got in the car and we drove, um, we drove right to Jersey Jack pinball. Right. So obviously this was the, the culmination of, uh, some negotiations and some contacts that, that led up to that. How, how did that all happen? How, what was the, uh, what was the impetus? Did Steve reach out to to you, to uh, to uh, Brett or Leonard, or or did uh, was a contact the other way around? Well, you, you know, I think everybody that knows um, me or Steve knows that we've been really close friends for over twenty years, and at shows and things like that, it's not uncommon to see us joking around or having lunch together, or having dinner together, having breakfast together. So. Um, 
you know, I, I've loved Steve um, as a person and as a great designer for many, many years. And, uh, you know, on Father's Day, this past Father's Day, we exchanged uh, good wishes for Happy Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we exchanged a few more texts. And it was clear that um, uh, Steve was interested in, in furthering his career by being with the company that would enable him to make really great games. And that's how it began. Right. Okay. So um, not, a, not a direct approach, but more a sort of um, conversational um, occurrence, I suppose we could probably call it. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, I, mean, I, I guess you'd known um, uh, that Steve had not been entirely happy with um, his current, with previous employer, I should say. Um, and I don't think Steve had necessarily made that too much of a secret. So I'm, I'm surprised that that um, you kind of hadn't sort of kept that conversation going because I know right back, you know, 10 years ago when you were first starting the, the company and, um, and getting Wizard of Oz, um, into production, there were certain discussions then with Steve about getting him to join the company, which never came to anything for various reasons. Right. But um, right. has that been something that's been sort of you know, on, on the back boiler or the back of your mind all those years, or is it something that, that was you know wasn't even a consideration up until more recently? I um yeah you know my you know me pretty well, and when I have something in my mind that I really like to accomplish. Um, it's really hard for me to let it go. And, I, you know, Steve wasn't, I'm not making Steve into like a bucket list item or anything like that because um, he needs to decide what he needs to do for himself. And I respected his wishes uh, before. Uh, things have to fit. Certain things work at certain times, uh, perhaps in 2010 when I was thinking of starting Jersey Jack Pinball and Steve actually was not working for any pinball company at the time, you know, we, we couldn't really get it together. Uh, he had an mm. idea of what he wanted. I had an idea of what, uh, things should be. It was a startup and it was, um, you know, we, we kind of agreed not to, not to disagree or not to be together at that point. And so now it comes full circle and now is really a great time. Uh, Steve Steve completed his next game for the company he he worked for, and it was done, done, done. You know, I, I you know, not that I'm telling tales out of school, but people know that Steve would never leave anywhere unless his job was completely done, uh, because he has amazing pride and passion for what he does. So, uh, if you're going to hire somebody that that goes between projects, whoever it is, um, you really need to do it during that little window between the time they finish something and between the time they start something else. And, um, that time, and that time was now. Right. So was there anybody at Steve's old company that knew that he was going or did he keep it to himself? I don't know. You know, that's a Steve question. So um, I know you're going to do an interview um, soon with Steve. 
Hopefully, yes. So yeah. some of the things, well, not hopefully. You're going to do an interview with Steve, and I'm, I know you're going to ask him a lot of uh, questions. Uh, Ken Cromwell's doing the first interview with Steve because Ken works for Jersey Jackson Ball, and, and it would seem right, quote-unquote, that Jersey Jack Pinball gets the first uh, interview with Steve. I, I think that's a good thing. But you guys uh, have access all the time. And I know the questions you ask will probably be a little different than the questions Ken might ask. So it gives uh, listeners uh, a great opportunity to get a full circle of information. Right. Okay. Well, we appreciate that, uh, that we will have Steve on the show uh, shortly. We'd love to have him this week, but I understood that's not possible, um, be that as it may. Um, well, you stuck with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well. I'm more than happy. You know, but, but, but when, we do, when we do finally get Steve on and, uh, and introduce him, what's his job title? Uh, he'll, he'll share that with you. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't want yeah. to take too much away from Steve. No, no, don't worry. We've got, we've got plenty to ask. Bill um, is right. under. I know you Both guys you. are so. accumulating a lot of questions for Steve, and uh, he's very well versed at how to answer questions. So uh, he does not have to be coached on answering anything. He's his own guy. Right, right. sure. We're just uh, interested more, more in, in the structure of the company, really, now, because uh, you clearly have you know, three main designers all, all producing, you know, all designing games, and right. uh, with with Pat and Eric and uh, and Steve now all there. Right. Um, you know, having designers is is really important. It's not the only thing that we're working on. Certainly, we're working to increase production. We're working on on different issues that that we have. We'll, we'll probably always have issues. We strive for excellence. Uh, we may not ever get there, but what this does, it. it it actually puts a little bit of pressure on other parts of the company to yeah. pick up the pace, um, build more games a day, develop that second assembly line, uh, possibly a third assembly line, um, you know, bring more people into the company, more resources, uh, more ability to satisfy the demand for Jersey Jack games because... There is, uh, thankfully, a great demand for our product, and we want to meet that. Right. So how much longer do you think uh, Guns N' Roses will, will be the, the only game in production? Um, I think before the end of this year, we'll be in production of that game, probably on the second line, and maybe maybe some other things on the second line, too. So um, uh, we're working on a lot of different things at the same time. Right. I don't think that's a big secret. Right. So, so you mentioned that uh, Steve finished the game that he was working on for uh, his previous employer. Um, he thought, uh, well, we were assuming that he will be designing games for you, um, but we don't know the timeline in which uh, his previous employer uh, will be releasing that game. So, in theory, it could be that Steve's Steve's new Jersey Jack game might I be competing. I know where you're going, Jonathan. I know where you're going. You might be competing against his own game. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe. I can tell you, um, I would save my money for the one he's doing for us. That's what I would say. Okay. I understand why you would say that. Did Steve come to you you with a 
a, an idea for a for a game straight away, or is that something you're still going to be uh, talking about? Steve, hold that. Put that in the other column, Martin, for a Steve question. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I suppose my next question then would be: um, Do you, do you have a target for how frequently you want to release new new games? Now, you, now you've got uh, more people designing them, and right. it's 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 classically been you know, quite a long time between each each release. Yeah. Do you want to bring that down? Do you have a well? I guess you want to bring it down, but do you have an idea how you know, one game a year, one game every eight months, that kind of a thing? Ideally, um, certainly more than one game a year. Yes, and uh, um, we've talked about it before, and, and sometimes uh, the best plans that you make are interrupted. You know, we we wanted to get everybody under one roof, and we made the big move to Chicago, Elk Grove Village, to have everybody under one roof. And then guess what? COVID came along and made sure that not only could we have everybody under one roof but we couldn't even have anybody under one roof because of of what happened so sometimes um you can plan that's great to plan i like to plan way ahead as as uh, a lot of people in the company like to do but you have to have a contingency plan plan b you have to have a window a door uh, you know a different different way to get out of the house um so we'll just we'll just keep trying to improve everything that we can. I mean, we can't make everything a priority, right? Because then nothing's a priority, but there's a lot of thought and a lot of uh, resources going into a lot of different parts of the company to be better. Right. So what I'm curious about, and this is a question that you probably can answer. I'm not sure whether you want to answer it, but so as you just told us, um, you've been texting with Steve since uh, Father's Day, and he indicates he wants to uh, to come over. I'm sure you discussed that internally with uh, uh, upper management, I suppose uh, we we can call it. Um, so we have a chance to 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 get Steve Ritchie. Was there anybody who was like, well? Do we need a third designer at the moment, or was there anybody like, well? Um, uh, now is not a good time, or was it like if we can get Steve Ritchie, let's get him? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was the latter because uh, you know, being part of upper management, we talk about a million things all the time. There's always things in play, and certainly there's never a there's never a bad time to bring a great person into the company. So. Um, when the old thing you say, when opportunity knocks, you answer the door. And Steve is Steve is an unbelievable talent. He brings uh, amazing things with him. Um, just as just as Pat did when I hired him in 2013 and brought him back to pinball. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity to do a lot of different things and and bring that resource to the company. So if I had an opportunity to do that, I'm certainly going to promote that. Right. Okay. Looking at, uh, at the larger company sort of um, structure, I suppose, is probably the best way to describe it. You you did have Jim Patler working as chief operating officer for a while. and uh, But after he left, I don't think anybody replaced him in that particular role. Is that correct? And, uh, and, 
If so, is that role not needed? Was that more to do with uh, setting up the company in, in the new facility? Or are you still looking to, to uh, for a COO? No, I think, I think some of the things we've decided is that um, some titles and announcing some people in certain titles, it just elevates them to a point where there are other people that put a target on their back. And uh, they're, uh, um, I don't want to telegraph what we're doing to our competitors, whether they're friendly or not friendly. And in the very beginning of the company, you know, if a flipper coil fell off the shelf, we did a press release about it. So it was important at the time to tell people what we were doing. But we're not a public company. We're a private company. We don't really need to tell anybody anything except that we have some great games and we support them. And we want to build more of them and make our customers happy and have fun and all of that. So... The inner workings of the company, who's doing what, when, and know it might be interesting uh, for pinball historians such as yourself and others uh, to speculate on. It's just going to be a point of speculation and give you guys something to do because if I told you everything, I'd ruin it for you. Hmm. Right. Okay. okay. Now, um, not sure whether you can or want to answer the, the next question, but um, Steve's move um, sort of had been rumored about for a week before it actually was announced. Um, but as a pinball company, you can understand you don't want certain rumors. And so how do you respond or deal with um, such information leaking? It's great. I think it's great. Gives uh, gives people something to do while they're waiting for their games to arrive, I guess. Um, <laughs> It, it gives people something to talk about. I think, I think if nobody talks about you, that's when you really have to worry. When people are talking about you, and uh, they're uh, doing all kinds of things and coming up with all kinds of theories and scenarios and what if and how come and why didn't they do this and I could do it better and armchair quarterbacking and everything like that. I love it. It's great. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah, but not all uh, not all commentary is necessarily positive, and particularly the issues you had recently with playfields, and, uh, and you're not alone in that either. But that seems to be your Achilles' heel at the moment, and and people are talking about that, and not in a good way. And I don't think that's that's not something which is very positive towards uh, the company, is it? Well, look, um, things happen in pinball, and we have a reputation many years of taking care of the customer mm. and I'm pretty sure um, the few people that have, have problems uh, you know we, we, we've made offers to uh, sell playfields uh, uh, at a special price so if somebody feels the need that they want an extra playfield at the end of the run of Guns N' Roses they can buy a playfield at a special price so we've been very accommodating to our customer base very respectful of them, um, and and we want to uh, build on that. I mean, the whole company was built on taking care of the customer, and uh, I don't think that really, I don't think that really changed. Um, I think possibly there are some playfields where uh, people may have done something to the playfield to cause damage. I don't really know, 
I've seen some pictures where, uh, you know, as a technician and somebody in the business for, uh, dare I say, like 46 years, I really wonder how the damage occurred. Um, I don't know. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just making a casual observance. So we have a great customer service department with Ken and Steve, and it's headed up by Barry. So anybody that has a question or problem or something like that, the resource is there for uh, customers to reach out to. So, mm. I've, I've certainly seen plenty of people. And obviously, this is um, a small number from the large number of machines that you sell. But uh, a certain number of people who you know, have not had a, a positive customer service experience and, uh, and, and obviously are, are vocal about it on, on various forums. And, and they're worried. You know, they're worried about their games. They, they don't think that putting uh, washers under posts is actually going to solve the, the problems that they're getting. And um, in a way, you know, I, I kind of sympathise with both sides because I know once you've once you built a game and you, you can't just change the play field. It's not a, it takes an entire production line to build up the, the game and to, and to swap it out for a replacement play field. By you know, one person doing that by themselves is is a huge undertaking. So you know, just having a spare playfield isn't a solution in those in those circumstances. But uh, um, anyway, we don't want to get too stuck on on the playfield issue because that's uh, something we've we've addressed before and uh, a lot more asked you about before. So um, I suppose the uh, one of the questions I want I wanted to ask, and you may not again want to address this, is now you've got Pat, Steve, and, uh, and and Eric all designing games. Are there are there any changes to? I mean, Pat Pat is head of game design, as I understand it. Is there any any changes to to what to Pat's role or Pat's responsibilities as a result of uh, having a, a, a larger group? I, I don't see that at all. No. Okay. Just wonder whether there was uh, you know, whether you had any. Um, because I, I know when um, when Dennis joined over at uh, American Pinball, he part of his responsibilities was to, to nurture you know um, junior designers and to bring them on in the business. And um, I don't know whether you have a similar uh, program, even though you've well, only got three it, it designers. Goes, it goes without saying that the more experienced should teach the quote unquote less experienced. But um, being somebody who was less experienced. At, at a lot of different things, I found the learning and the teaching it goes both ways because some people have ideas that can teach each other, and uh, as a group, we know a lot more than as individuals, and we're a lot stronger as a team. So the uh, the fact of collaboration and sharing and communicating is extremely important, pretty much in everything in a marriage and friendships and certainly in a pinball company right so um obviously uh, we know about uh well the current uh design team being uh, uh pat eric and uh steve recently uh, uh added to that um is there also uh let's call it uh junior designers that we don't know about yet not that i know of no <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could have been. I mean, 
as a junior designer, it would be a great are you, place. Uh, are you auditioning to build a pinball machine, Jonathan? Is that your way of saying you'd like to design a game? Oh, I can't. If I would be designing a game, I'd love to be uh, mentored by Steve and Pat. That's, that's, what I'm, that's, that's a great point. You know, so uh, any aspiring pinball designer, I would say, um, not sure whether there is a, a, a vacancy or a, a an internship or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, but getting mentored by Pat and Steve uh, and Eric Mernier, I may add. Um, yep. That that sounds like an awesome internship to me. Me too. So I never say never. So you never know. Right. So, um, on a completely different topic, um, uh, focusing more on you, Jack. Um, I understand you've been working with a uh, Polish reporter uh, to sort of document a a part of your history in the. Uh, coin-up industry before starting Jersey Jack. Is there anything you can tell about that? Well, Lucas in, in Poland um, from the Pinball Club, uh, he's been a friend for many, many years, and one day out of the blue a few weeks ago, he said, uh, would you answer some questions? And he sent maybe, I don't know, 10 questions, and I answered them, and then he said, okay, that, that's good, and then he asked me follow-up questions to the 10 with about another 25 questions. And I answered those, and about another dozen or two questions came, and I answered those. And I, I wondered, you know, why all this information, why all this question, you know. But I, you know, I, I answered him, and I didn't know if he was just curious on his own or what he's going to do with this information. So uh, I guess you know better than me what he's doing. Well, I don't know what he's doing, but um, uh, I have been in contact with Lucas, and he mentioned that he was sort of uh, uh, doing an interview with you. Uh, um, as a reporter, definitely, I'm interested in uh, reading about your history, and I might as well be interested in publishing it. So, well, we we'll just have to see. If, how, it's, if it's anything that interests you, uh, I was, you know, I was. Um, some of the questions were really funny to me, but uh, you know, some of them, I. I I think I answered most all of them that he asked me. Okay. So so we finally get to find out what the color of your toothbrush is. <laughs> uh, that was a question on the list. and uh, No, it wasn't a question on the list. But it was almost a question on the list, I guess. He asked things like that. Did you help him with no. those questions? Or no, what? I didn't. No, okay. no. He's creative on his own. Well, he's... he's um, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So, looking looking ahead now, uh, do you have any plans for any overseas trips, Jack? Now you're saying that uh, that air travel is uh, is back and uh, and busy as ever. Will we be seeing you in uh, in in foreign countries? Yes, um, I I would expect to go to the show in London in, in January. Phil Palmer uh, will probably have a stand there. And we'll probably get to see each other at, at that show, I would hope. Awesome. I already have my hotel room booked for that. There you go. So uh, that would be that would be good. We kick off next year with that show and try to get back to whatever normal is. Hopefully we don't have the uh, Epsilon virus or whatever yeah. it's going to be after the Delta. But uh, whatever's going on, uh, just everybody needs to stay safe and... Uh, 
follow uh, whatever health guidelines are in the area that they're in at the moment. Well, it's, a bit, it's a bit strange at the moment because you are allowed to come over here, but, but I'm not allowed to come here. over there. No. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is kind of strange. And, uh, you know, um, I have my Aruba trip in a little while, uh, in a couple of weeks. And when you go to a foreign country, you need to test before you go. You can't get on the plane. And then when you are ready to come home, you need to test before you come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. if you have it, you know, the United States doesn't want you back in the country, even if you're a citizen. It could be a long holiday. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to be stuck there, but there are worse places you could be stuck probably. So Right, right. So uh, one other thing, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were at uh, uh, PinFest last weekend, weren't you? Yes, it was great. I was only there on Friday because I had a previous engagement for Saturday, but it was kind of like old times. It was really great to see everybody after almost two years. Right. What was the kind of atmosphere there like? Was it uh, were people sort of still a bit guarded about uh, social uh, social contact or close social contact, or was uh, was it really like the old times? So it was it was like the old times, Martin. It was um, you know I thought well maybe I should wear a mask or um, you know not shake hands and not you know if somebody's going to mm. hug you or whatever, but. Um, Before I could even uh, think about putting a mask on, there were people uh, hugging me and shaking hands and, and all of that. And I said, okay, well, I guess I, I think I counted about 10 people with masks uh, the whole day. Um, you know, I, my guess is that pretty much everybody was vaccinated. You know, you don't know, but um, no. uh, I, I didn't hear of people getting sick after the show. Um You know, it was last Friday, I guess. So uh, might be too soon. Uh, that I was but... in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? But um, everybody was uh, in a great mood. Everybody was happy to see everybody. I saw a lot of uh, things being sold, whether they were mods or um, or games. There was a good selection of uh, uh, games to be played. Um, it was a lot of fun. The food across the street is is great at the farmer's market that was going on full blast so uh i you know it wasn't a concert event like like Lollapalooza that they just had this past weekend with a hundred thousand people all crammed together um so uh you know you measure your risk and if you feel like social distance in a way or put your mask on or uh whatever it was i mean typical for shows we use a lot of hand sanitizers so i've done that uh, way before COVID, you know, because you're shaking people's hands and you're touching things and you don't want to, um, you know, you want to be, uh, you want to be clean. So, uh, that was, you, you had to actually, some booths had hand sanitizer and some had it if you asked them. So, uh, there's some, I guess some difference of how people feel about different yeah. things. Right. Well, uh, on that on that kind of topic and um, and shows in general, uh, well, one in particular, looking forward to Pinball Expo in October, the end of October. Our, um, this, this will be the first year of Pinball Expo where the Jersey Jack factory will be pretty close by and um, and presumably in full swing producing games. Will there be any sort of enhanced participation by JJP 
this year at Pinball Expo, as far as, I don't know, the there's been factory tours, but uh, any uh, promotions going on uh, related to, to that show? Well, I would defer to Rob Burke because it's his show, so I don't, uh, I don't want to take away anything that he's planning uh, to do. So uh, I'll just, I'll just let him uh, reply. But yeah, I mean, the factory is nearby, and um, from from what I heard, uh, another factory may be moving by that time. So I don't really know about that. Mm. Somebody was telling me about that the other day. So oh, yeah, which which factory are we talking about? Hot off the press. Well, I heard that that there's another factory that's located nearby that yeah. that may be moving it was it was a rumor yeah i'd, I'd heard I that heard uh, i heard that they wanted to uh, demolish that that whole side of uh, of nunt avenue and uh, and build up build it up like they did the, on the opposite side with uh, you know huge great warehouses and, and server farms and things like that and uh, they were looking for the opportunity to uh, to de- to uh, develop that whole side but uh, um, I hadn't heard it was it was definitely happening, but I, I had heard there was a, a, a clock ticking. Yeah, I don't want to pass that. a rumor of a rumor yeah. of a rumor, but you know that's. Uh, I guess those are the threads that tie the hobby and industry together. Uh, the rumor mill, but uh, that's how it starts. You get three or four people say something, and all of a sudden it becomes true. Mm. I said right. we've got a good long lease on on uh, on your place on Greenleaf then. Greenleaf. That's such a cool name, Greenleaf. <laughs> and, and and so inappropriate given the uh, the, the area. <laughs> well, if it was brown leaf, that wouldn't be so cool. <laughs> no, it's just so so industrialized and uh, uh, and the business uh, park really, but uh, but it does have nice trees along. The street, Big so. tree out there, full of cicadas chirping all day. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Right. So, um, in other news this week, we learned that um, there will be a movie on the uh, the story of Roger Sharp saving pinball. Uh, we'll be uh, uh, um, talking to Roger in our podcast as well. Um, but it also made me wonder: uh, Would your story be interesting to become a, uh, a full length movie at some point? Yeah, it'd probably be interesting if you want to fall asleep. I guess. <laughs> Um, you know, I think it would put me to sleep. Um, you could probably do a movie about anybody, and congratulations to Roger. He's a, well deserves uh, a movie certainly. Um, and you know, I I've been friends with Roger so many years, and he's contributed so much to to pinball as well as many other things um, with all the licenses he does. Uh, I don't think in the industry you'd have companies like Raw Thrills and and other companies that he does licenses for even be able to produce the games that they're producing. So it's it's very cool. Yeah, it's very unusual to have somebody who who works across so many different companies and and so many different aspects of the, of the coin op and. Um, Entertainment um, arena. Yeah, I mean all the contributions that all the companies he's been with all the time, and everything, uh, all the help he's given, design ideas and marketing ideas and everything else. So um, he certainly deserves. Maybe you know the movie might be too little, but uh, he certainly deserves that. Congratulations to him and his family. Right. Okay. So. Um 
Well, uh, in um, attendance of uh, the interview with Steve Ritchie that we will be doing um, hopefully very, very soon, um, I suppose um, we sort of touched on all topics that we had in mind to discuss, or is there anything else that you would like to bring up? Um, you know, I think I think you covered everything for the moment. I'm happy that uh, you forced me to be, I mean, you asked me to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you give away all our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will be strange well, to not have you on the show. You guys are you guys are uh, like um, putting on a pair of uh, of my favorite sneakers. You know, my favorite running shoes uh, because um, very comfortable with you both. Uh, I know you have the best interest in mind of the industry. You want to promote things. Um, in a transparent way and um it's 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 great you know you don't have you don't have any special agenda uh you just want to see everybody do well and i appreciate that well we appreciate that you appreciate it now where's yeah. gary flower oh that's what we're always wondering yes we never know where he is or when he pops up but yeah. he always manages to I love Gary. Yeah. Gary is Gary is the best. And when I was inducted into the Pinball Hall of Fame, uh, Gary did a great um, intro, and and he's forever a really great friend. And uh, you should really try to communicate with him and get him on your show once in a while. Man. We, no, try. we keep trying. We keep trying. Trying. We keep trying. It's, it's so difficult to get him on. This. I, I have no idea how to, to to explain it to our listeners. We try and try every month. He's like the Scarlet Pimpernel of, uh, of the pinball. We seek him here, we seek him there. But, uh, I could see people Googling that right now, Martin, because they don't know who that is, what that is. You know? <laughs> well, we try and add a little, uh, little educational value to this. We were all. Occasionally, we were very close, and then technical difficulties, things that are out of your uh, our own control, uh, prevent well, us from having Gary out. Flower well, on the show. So, technological with all the technological breakthroughs that we have today, it's just amazing to me that the communication just can't work, doesn't work, won't work. You know, it's just amazing. You know? well, it's always the way. You know, it's like when you when you're organizing a party and you say, you know, be there at eight in the evening then everybody from you know 100 200 300 miles away will be there at eight and the only person who turns up late is the person who lives just down the street now that's right. that's, that's kind, of, that's kind right. of the communication that we have with gary yeah i see that you know martin i'm thinking about london and i'm thinking about a, a really great tv show on apple plus do you guys mm -hmm. did you guys ever see uh ted lasso i have no 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 no. So on Apple Plus, there's this amazing award-winning show created, uh, co-created by Jason Sudeikis, who's a big, big, big pinball person and a friend, and and um, he's won a Peabody, he's won a Golden Globe. They've been nominated for 20 Emmy Awards. Um, something that never happened with a, a brand new show. And uh, season one, you know, was last year, and they filmed it in. They film it in London, and it's uh, about a football team, and it's about an American American football coach coming to London to coach 
a, uh, a, a, a soccer team, and he doesn't know anything about soccer. And it's a really cool show, but how it goes back, back to pinball, not just that Jason Sudeikis loves pinball, but already in the second episode, which um, season two on Apple started um, the 23rd of, of July, and in the second episode, that was the 30th of July, there's a Wizard of Oz pinball machine in the pub where everybody goes back to or cheers on team oh, wow. in the background. So um, I would say to watch that show, yeah. not only because it's an amazing show and a really great show, but perhaps the game might get played during this season. Who knows? We'll have right. to see what happens. But I want to thank really Phil Palmer for getting the game uh, there and lending it to them and everything like that. So, uh, uh, it's it's great to get it's great to get into a show like that where millions of people are going to see it, and who knows maybe um, maybe some some members of the uh, of of the show get to play the game too as we go along. I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, Jason hasn't told me. I think it's kind of a surprise between he and I. But uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it was in in the second episode of season two already. Perhaps that would be a nice, uh, nice press release for the company then, rather than a, a coil falling off a shelf. You better to oh, yeah, well, uh, highlight about, the game. Who cares yeah, about press releases if we don't get them? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's Apple TV and it's Warner Brothers Television, so certainly to get clearance for Wizard of Oz game through Warner Brothers Television was yeah, like that sale right through. And, yeah. and you know something about the uh, about the press release? I I have to apologize because i guess i gotta look into it we used the email list that we created years ago and apparently um you know our employees weren't on the list and certain um certain different pinball uh media wasn't on the list i don't think i didn't see it but um yesterday i got i got calls from different people people at replay magazine and other uh other places that asked me this was actually monday night that i got uh, calls and some into yesterday, so I got to I got to be like Santa Claus. I got to check the list twice and make sure that all the naughty and nice people are on it. So I uh, thought you hired you somebody to, to do that. Yeah, well, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out and we'll find out. So uh, okay. we'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a full report. Okay, I'll come back and report on what I find right. and what I don't find. So okay, but remember, people, getting back to what we were talking about, where you heard it first, Ted Lasso could be an upcoming JJP pinball machine title, <laughs> and that's how rumors get started. There you go. Yeah. I Sorry, I couldn't started, resist. Right? I couldn't oh. resist. Old talk is good talk. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't get a uh, denial, or um, so. Make well, it what I you want. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. So That's I'll what I would say as well, that. Jack. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so if if we do a Ted Lasso pinball machine. I guess you want like one of the games for giving me the idea, right? Uh, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll arm wrestle you for it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Crazy, and, uh, crazy uh, things let, let, have okay. happened, right? Crazy things have happened. I started a pinball comp. 
Right. right? So, uh, and, but if we're going arm wrestling, um, we need somebody to uh, to video it because that would be great content for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I might send in a proxy for me, like in the old days when they when they had a, a duel. You know, you get somebody to stand in for you. So. Yeah. I remember years ago. I'll, I'll finish up with this story. I remember years ago, it's fantastic. Joe DeRusso's son, Joey, Joe from Pen, Pen Graphics, his son, mm -hmm. Joey, there was a really long hallway in Sturbridge at the hotel where the, where the show is. It, it looked like it was a mile-long hallway. And Joey says to me, um, hey, Jersey Jack, you want to race? I'm like, what do you mean you want to race? The kid's like, I don't know, 12 years old. I don't know how old he was. He's like, you want to race? Uh, race what are you talking about so he taps me and he says you're it and he takes off down the hallway and i look and i say well i guess i'm racing this kid so i ran down the hallway as fast as i could and i actually beat him and we were all hysterical laughing and uh his dad joe says you know he's the fastest kid in the school he's on the track team i said it's okay that's great so you know i saw him uh Little Joe, he ain't so little anymore. He's taller than me. And I saw him at, at Allentown at the show the other day. And I said to him, uh, listen, I don't think I want a rematch because I don't think I'll beat you. I just, <laughs> I'll rest on my laurels that I beat you when you were, you know, 12 years old or whatever. So, uh, like I said before, everything's got timing. And uh, I felt like Kramer in, uh, in Seinfeld, which you guys may or may not know. I know. Uh, we know. You know we know. Kramer oh, yeah. was beating up the little kids in the dojo in karate. You know, I, said, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I beat the kid when he was little. Now that he could really run, I, I'm not giving him a rematch. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's retired. I guess the moral uh, story is one quit while one. you're ahead, I guess. You know? <laughs> quit while you're ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting thought to, uh, to, to end on. Okay. Thank you very uh, much for, for joining us, Jack. Uh, and, uh, and giving us all the latest on uh, on the events at uh, Jersey Jack Pimble. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Be well, and uh, I wish the best for everybody listening, and be safe out there. And that's Jack Guarnieri. Thank you for coming on the show, Jack. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Some, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff there, I think. Even Yeah. Um, Apologies for the uh, for the audio quality. For some, there seemed to be a little hiccup in there that that sort of split words and then it continued. Yeah, but but that. everything is there. So mm. um, yeah, it's always good. For, always good to, to have Jack on because he can uh, he can give us a different perspective on the pinball industry and uh, and what's happening at Jersey Jack Pinball as well. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, um, well, there's obviously more news from Jersey Jack as well, so let's let's quickly uh, go th grow through that as well. Yes, um, as as happens from time to time, um, they have these uh, factory finds, as they call them, which uh, I'm not sure exactly whether it really means that they're going through or opening crates and finding parts which they didn't know they had, or whether they're just doing a sort of a promotion on a particular item. But in uh, in July there were uh, there were two items that were available uh, as part of their factory finds. Well, I think, I think the third one didn't come up until a bit later. But um, at the beginning of the month, well, the, the was, um, there was the uh, playfield protectors were available for the, for the Wizards of Oz playfields and mini playfields. 
right. and printed manuals for the game dialed in were both available but they both sold out they both sold out very quickly actually to be fair okay. so uh, unless you were you were across their social media and um and got in quickly you wouldn't have got those so they've been sold out but uh, subsequent to that, there have also been, if you know the game, The Hobbit, but uh, when the ball rolls through one of the in lanes, uh, a character pops up out of the playfield like a troll from Medieval Madness, and there are four of those. And if you want to buy, or wanted to buy, it may, may have gone by now, but I don't think so, I think they're still available, wanted to buy those faces, which uh, are on the, the targets which pop up, four of them, you, you could buy those for, for $39, which is a pretty good deal, I'd say. They are things which are shot from very close to the flippers, so they're liable to suffer damage over time. Right. Definitely worth having a spare set if you've got a Hobbit game. And, yeah, nice to just, just pop on the desk and as a talking point for uh, when people go back to the office for their co-workers to ask what on earth those are. Right. Uh, $39 for, for the four from uh, available through the uh, the new Jersey Jack Pinball shopfront at pinballwizard.com. Um, all one word, Pinball Wizard. Uh, and that said, they, they, there are still, they're operating two storefronts, effectively. They've got pinballwizard.com, and there's also um, a, a store on the jerseyjackpinball.com site, which sells more um, specific parts for you and spares for individual games. So they haven't, they haven't united those yet or combined them, which would make sense. I guess everything should be in one place to avoid confusion. Right. But, um, so go to josejetpinball.com at the top, select store, and you can find some game-specific parts like boards and uh, and uh, ramp protectors and things like that. Hmm. Okay, well. And what's also interesting to note, um, uh, Jen Guarnieri, that's uh, Jack's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, she sent out a note, I believe, to uh, distributors, which uh, was saying that uh, Guns N' Roses playfields will be available for purchase after the end of the uh, production, which is expected to be uh, in summer of 2022. So basically that means that Jersey Jack Pinball will be running Guns N' Roses at least for another year. Uh, Yeah, it looks like it. Well, at least 10 months. uh, Summer being, uh, I guess, uh, June, July and August. So, yeah, it could, could be that long. Uh, yeah, okay, is, but that doesn't uh, mean that we them. won't see a new game from Jersey Jack Pinball coming out in the well, meantime. Well, no, as we heard from Jack, he said they're, they're looking at setting up a, a second line and, and running other products. Maybe even a third one. Maybe even a third, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, so that doesn't necessarily mean we won't see another title or another product coming out from uh, Jersey Jack. But, uh, yes, if you were hanging your hopes on getting a replacement playfield for uh, Guns N' Roses to sort any of the, the playfield problems out that we talked about, or even just to hang on the wall or as, as a, uh, a bit of memorabilia, then um, you, you know, you're going to have to wait this part of a year for that. Right. So, um, oh, well, I think that uh, sums it up for Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah, yeah, it's been a very busy month for them. So, uh, um, less busy, um, one street away at, um, at Stern Pinball. It's, uh, they, they didn't comment on the uh, loss of uh, Steve Ritchie. Yeah, which is, uh, some say that's not surprising. On the other hand, I think it would be classy to to wish, uh, to, to publicly announce and wish uh, Steve the best in his future endeavours. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, as, as, as I've mentioned before, you know, it's a relatively small business, the, the pinball industry, and just because people are working in one company now doesn't mean they're going to be working there forever, and people move between various pinball manufacturers, and now there are more of them. Right. So uh, it's basically you don't want to burn your bridges, do you, when you leave a company? And, uh, yeah, and, and as you say, if you can keep on good terms with people, even if they uh, depart, um, it could come in handy later if they were to ever to return. Well, if Steve was on good terms with certain people, I think he'd still be at some pinball. But yeah, I'll we'll hear from Steve um, uh, shortly, uh, yeah. so hopefully he can elaborate on that. What I do find interesting is obviously, and this is also something that we'll be asking Steve in the uh, upcoming interview that we'll be doing. Um, obviously, uh, Steve by himself is not a pinball design team he needs more people no. so the question is what is tim saxon going to be doing and uh, some other people at uh, Stern pinball will they also jump ship or um is steve uh, going vacancies? to be contracting people uh from somewhere else well it is interesting because jack did mention that um the pinball design is more than one person and they need to have a, a team to support their increased number of designers. So they will need more programmers, more artists, more, right. more sound people, you know, more, more, more mechanical engineers. Exactly, everything. yeah. Yeah, everything that goes into building a game. Right. So uh, whether they will be recruiting or whether they already have that capability, we don't know at the moment. But uh, but Steve will uh, we'll ask Steve about that uh, when, right. uh, when we get to talk to him. Okay, but okay, so Steve left Stern. Um, so let's see what other news there is to report on Stern Pinball. Yes, um, I suppose it's it's one of those things which which we knew, but uh, we haven't reported, and we kind of assumed that other people knew, but uh, apparently it wasn't the case. But uh, um, Steve is uh, some of his greatest games, I'd, I'd say, you know, like ACDC. And um, what else would we possibly say uh, would be would be a great game from uh, from Steve? Yeah, to uh, think about great games from Steve. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> well, so many to pick from. That's the thing. <laughs> um, but um, yes, uh, his his great collaborator on on pinball games over there, um, most successful, you might argue, is uh, Lyman Sheets, as yes. far as the, the software development goes, and uh, they produce some great work together. And, uh, yeah, Lyman actually left Stern Pinball at the end of last year. I think it was November. Um, I think he wanted to keep it quiet. I think Stern didn't want to make a make a, an announcement about it, for obvious right. reasons. Okay, but, so. um, but there were a lot of people, I think, who were, who were waiting for uh, software updates that, that would have had the, the polish and um, finesse that Lyman would have applied to them to finish off the software in various games. Right. Well, and, it can mean uh, two things, actually, mm -hmm. uh, because Lyman is known for um, uh, working on game software in his, uh, in his own time. He certainly is, yeah. Yeah, so either it can mean that CERN is no longer going to be updating that software, uh, or it can mean that Lyman might be doing it on his own time. Although, oh, might, uh, or he could be doing it under contract, of course, for Stern. He might be coming back and doing contract work for them. Uh, well, obviously, we employee. don't know uh, the conditions that uh, that Lyman left uh, Stern. Uh, if if he left on on good note, uh, uh, good conditions, or uh, mm -hmm. whether he burned some bridges, we don't know that. 
we don't. That's true. But uh, we can can hope. I mean, there were, we're not entirely sure exactly where he's gone and, and what he's working on at the moment. Although but, there have been rumours that he might be working on uh, uh, Chicago Gaming's uh, next remake title, um, which uh, also have been denied by Chicago Gaming. So yeah, yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll take it from them that that uh, but he's not working on that. But uh, there are certainly some some unfinished issues in, uh, in ACDC which people were, were hoping would be completed. Um, and bring it up to the same same level of completeness as uh, I suppose Spider-Man was was the classic combination of the two, which uh, seems to be a complete and fully rounded package. Right. So you know we can we can hope that uh, that uh, Lyman stays within the pinball industry wherever it is he's working because he's obviously got a, a huge talent when it comes to understanding rule sets, uh, but he also. And I don't know whether this is one of the reasons that he did leave. No, he was in, instrumental in um, developing the, the the firmware for uh, for the uh, various board systems that, that Stern Pinball have used over the years. Right. And I guess they're not planning on on uh, producing a new version of the hardware, uh, the board set, and the controller. So maybe that that level of, uh, of work isn't there anymore. And uh, now he. he as far as I understand it, he'd been kind of kicking his heels for a while and didn't really have a, a particular project. He was never the programmer on any, any one game. I don't think he wanted to be either. So yeah, it's uh, it probably probably for the best, really, that he's, uh, if, he, if he could find something which is more to his, uh, more to his liking than, uh, than hanging around Stern picking up bits and pieces. Yeah, well, um, I'm... Uh, not very close to Lyman. Uh, we met a couple of times in the past, but I uh, certainly got the feeling that he wasn't very happy in the position that he was in the last no. time I saw him, and that was like Expo two years ago. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah. So I say probably probably for the best for everyone, really. But uh, anyway, he did leave, and it's a shame for those who are looking forward to seeing more more uh, pinball software from from Lyman because. Uh, he, he had that uh, that skill that he could come in and uh, not just finesse, but com- in some cases completely rewrite the rules of a game which was not not considered that that exciting. So right. he could he could completely transform the game from, from a mediocre one to a to a, a very well regarded one. Oh but, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's hope he can do that in the future as well. Right. So. Um... But, uh, well, it's um, although Lyman left a couple of months ago uh, already, it must be tough for Stern Pinball to see two of these top talents go. Yes, um, although we don't know the, the, uh, the terms under which um, they, they left. So, you know, we don't know whether it was um, of their own choosing to leave or whether, uh, you know, the company was looking to move in a, in a different direction. Right. So. Anyway... So, um, other news from Stern. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, um, I think we mentioned this a while ago that uh, the Walmart were offering a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, goodie box, which um, included a whole bunch of uh, things like magnets and hats and um, keychains and, and a T-shirt and a, and a shredder action figure. Well, apparently Stern are now offering those as well. I don't right. know whether Walmart have stopped doing that or whether whether Walmart had an exclusive on it originally and now it's become you know n- non-exclusive and, and others can offer it as well but of course it uh, 
It includes Jeremy Packer's artwork, which is uh, so distinctive, right, that I've seen of the style seen on the game, I should say, not not the same artwork. But uh, yeah, so if you want to get that, then you can head over to the Stern Shop on uh, sternpinball.com and you can buy it from them directly. And I don't know whether it will be available from uh, distributors around the world or whether you have to go directly to Stern. But uh, yeah. maybe worth inquiring with your distributor to see if, they, if they've got it. And apparently they only have like a, a hundred units. I don't think the box was limited to a hundred units, but apparently the Stern Shop only has a hundred. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's all they, they ordered in the first batch and see how, see how it goes. Or that's how many leftovers they could find from various Walmarts that are <laughs> cleaning out the um, uh, the aisles and, uh, oh, we got this, uh, and they, they put it all in one warehouse and, okay, who wants them? Maybe, but I had the impression that they were, they were selling very fast in Walmart. They were very sought-after item and people were, you know, scouring around multiple different... Well, there's a lot of Walmart, so if you, if you yeah, collect true. them and, and then there's one left in every uh, three Walmarts, then, uh, mm -hmm. well, you might easily get to 100 easily. I'm not sure how many Walmarts there are, but oh, wait. anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. If you're interested in that kit, then uh, head to the Stern shop and uh, and order one for yourself. Yep. Uh, in other Stern news, um, Stern um, Pinball, I suppose the, the Heads Up Pinball Invitational Tournament, which was held a while ago, um, and I think we, we mentioned it on this on this pincast as well, uh, but it's actually it was recorded and it's being shown on in the US on the ESPN8 channel, which I think is a sort of a, almost like a pop up channel, which um, is not there permanently, but uh, shows some some more eclectic uh, sports and um, competition events. Well, it's uh, it's back, and on the Friday, the sixth of August, at two thirty p.m. Eastern time, in the U.S., uh, they will be showing the Stern Heads Up Pinball Invitational. Wasn't that the tournament that we were wondering? Like, okay, there's only a handful of yeah. competitors, and everybody can basically. Uh, it looked like um, if you were a good pinball player, you had a very good chance to winning a pinball machine. Yes, that's right. I think I can't remember exactly how many players there were at the time. It was eight, but um, that, was, that number seemed to spring to mind. But yes, it was. You know, the, the clues in the word invitational. Right. So uh, it wasn't open to everybody. But uh, I think think the intention is to make it more open and uh, allow more people to sort of qualify for the for the finals okay, through various then. various stages. Right. Okay. And then we also have some uh, new code from Stern for uh, a couple of games. Yeah, I, I knew you'd be excited by that. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me get, let me grab my pillow. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll do the duty then. Um, uh, Led Zeppelin, a couple of updates in in July. Uh, on the thirteenth was version one point oh four, twenty second version one point oh five. The first one, one oh four, was was quite a large update with new speech and changes to scoring and rules. New multi-ball jackpots, quite a few tweaks down the menus and uh, light indicators and, and player selection things work. But the, the latter one was uh, just fixed a couple of bugs that were introduced in the earlier one. So 1.05, latest at the moment on Led Zeppelin. And Mandalorian, the current title from uh, from Stern, um, that's on version 0.97 as of the 13th of July. Um, as you'd expect um, in the in these sort of fairly early days, there's quite a lot of changes going on. So there are new rules and, and features, combos, hurry-ups, a new multi-ball mode, and 
adjustments of scoring and and of course the usual bunch of uh, bug fixes. Right. So it's 0.97 on the Mandalorian, and uh, probably won't be long before it's up to version one. Right. Now speaking of the Mandalorian, mm. did you did you happen to see the uh, Grogu update? That's the the, the Baby Yoda doll. Uh, it's not a Baby Yoda. Well, whatever it is. Yeah, the child. Um, yes. The child, whatever it's called. I'm mm. not a. I don't watch the show. I know you do. So you. I just started not... watching it actually. Um, I just watched the first three episodes because I thought I ought to know something about it before I actually get to play the game. And um, uh, it's uh, it's got me a bit worried. It's uh, it started off interesting, but I've uh, only got to the third episode, I think, and now I'm worried it's going in a in a direction that I'm not going to enjoy. But we'll see. I think I probably probably learned enough from the first two episodes to actually understand the entire game. Right. But, okay. But yes. But but, but so um, to give credit where credit is due, I think it was Joe Abate who um, uh, modded the Mandalorian game with a moving Grogu doll, mm-hmm. um, and I have to say it looks absolutely stunning. You yeah. really, it really makes me wonder. Um, yeah, assuming it's a bill of materials matter, how can you not put in that doll? Uh, because I can only imagine you'd sell hundreds, if not thousands, of more games by was going this, with a moving doll in, in, instead of a, uh, a static doll. Was this using a sort of production model of the, of the doll, of a moving doll? Yeah, I think it's an off-the-shelf uh, yeah. toy which is wired, uh, and it, it, it was just wired to a couple of switches in the game, and it moves. You know, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't grab the ball, or or it doesn't juggle with it, or what have you. No. But it's so freaking cute, <laughs> and, and interactive as well, which is the key thing. Yeah, when you, yeah exactly. Hit the right so, switch, something happens. I mean, if I would be an operator, I would be really disappointed at the door not moving because um, it's it could be very um, attractive to get people to play the game. Mm. Yeah, even in a attract mode, it would be good yeah, if you exactly. could get it to move and turn. So, so if people wanted to look at this and, uh, and possibly, if they have a Mandalorian, wanted to fit this themselves, where would they find the information? I think the best uh, chance you have is uh, search for Joe Abate. On uh, uh, Facebook, that's where right. I saw it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think and that's right. I think there, there's a couple of, uh, or there is a Pinball Motors uh, group as well, uh, which shared it. So, uh, and you might even find it on the Stern Pinball uh, uh, page, although I'm not sure whether they <laughs> share it. it. Yeah, yeah so. I doubt. I doubt they do that. But, but absolutely, my I take my hat off to Joe for. Uh, uh, for for implementing that doll um, because to me it looks like something that should have been in the game from day one. I think you're right. I think uh, a lot of people have been saying that. Yeah, yeah. Good. So. Okay. So I think that's all on on news from uh, Stern Pimble. So uh, where shall we go next? Australia, mate. Australia. Okay. So uh, well, I assume we must be talking about Haggis Pimble and their. Uh, well, I suppose we're, we're talking about their uh, their clan haggis uh, goodies. Club. Yes, yeah. I which, think the um, last time what we reported is they have been sending out goodies, but not everything was in house. Uh, so they have been sending out the second batch of uh, stuff 
so that people have everything that they ordered or were expecting from becoming a Clan Haggis member. Yeah, I think it was only a couple of uh, small items like a pin badge and uh, maybe a, a decal or a, or, a, or a magnet or something. But it was, uh, yeah, they were waiting, had supply issues, which is uh, a phrase we are hearing a lot of and will doubtless be hearing a lot of over the coming months as well. But right. uh, thankfully they sorted that out and a small little package of those extra items has been sent to uh, everybody who signed up for the Clan Haggis. So right. uh, congratulations to them and to Haggis for doing that. Right. And while we're uh, on the other side of the world, um, mm -hmm. let's uh, move north uh, a little bit mm -hmm. to uh, Taiwan, where um, Hongpin is uh, located. Um, and we know that Hongpin is working on a licensed uh, pinball title. We do, because uh, we heard it from Mike. Yes, and that uh, the game should be coming out this year. And actually, Mike has been teasing <laughs> September. Uh, yeah. for a, uh, a review, and he's also been teasing a little bit uh, what the license might be. Yeah, there's been, uh, been a couple of uh, images, well, one video and one image posted recently, one homemade video, which um, talks about uh, taking your pinball to 11. Yes. and um, The 11th floor, that is. Yes, and then just uh, I think yesterday there was a tease of a Seven Eleven logo, the uh, the convenience store right. chain. Um, so more about the number eleven, but uh, that's all so far. And people have been speculating as to what which eleven they're talking about, whether it's Ocean's Eleven or what or what. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, well I, I do know. Eleventh <laughs> floor could be a, a good floor to uh, toss your game out the window and see how it crashes. <laughs> Not necessarily saying they sh you should do that with um, the uh, uh, the upcoming game from Homepin. Not at all. But um, no. Well, if right. it, I mean, eleventh floor makes sense to me. I mean, but but you know. more news from Homepin about this is about they posted some some pictures on their Facebook page, I think of um, a new uh, metal lock bar they're planning to use on their upcoming game. It's um, the previous one in uh, uh, Thunderbirds was a plastic one with a metal rod inside, and the, the new one is, is all metal and uh, red powder-coated, which uh, looks very nice. Right. So, personally, I have to say, the plastic lock bar wasn't a, an issue for me. No, I don't think it was, really. It's just, you know, just something that people could mention about. Uh, you know, just they're, they're talking about you know, cost cutting or uh, or lack of uh, I would say lack of quality because it was perfectly was perfectly serviceable part. But if they wanted to to, to beat home pin around the head with something, then they had the plastic coat, uh, plastic uh, lock bar that they could use. But now the next one will have a red metal powder coated lock yeah, bar. Yeah, it, look, it looks to be latched inside the cabinet, uh, similar to yeah. uh, what Stern games, Stern Pro games are are currently. Well, I think doing all games well. are now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah even the limited edition way. ones. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also showed uh, an up kick up kicker mechanism as well from this uh, this un upcoming licensed game. But if you looked in the background of the image, there was a. Uh, was a UK flag, um, which was uh, sort of a bit out of focus, but uh, you know, don't know why that would be there. Maybe it was a, a clue to the theme of the uh, of the game that's coming up. Don't know. But, oh, uh, I thought I thought Britain had invaded Taiwan. <laughs> well, 
I haven't checked the news lately, but uh, not last time I looked. But it's um, you tend to find with with Mike that he's uh, he doesn't doesn't tend to put things out unless they have a reason. And he's very precise about his use of words and images. Right. So okay. uh, yeah, just uh, just put that out there and uh, make your own mind up. Hold on, I got a call coming in from uh, oh, no. our good friend Gary. Gary, Gary Stern. Um. Yeah. I hope it's not a disappointment, but it's Gary Flower. Oh, okay. Well, that's never that's never a disappointment. Okay, let's let's see what uh, what Gary has to say. Um, Gary's Gary Flower, okay. and uh, maybe he has some information from from Stern. Well, he, usually he has, so it's a good reason for him to call. And yes, let's get him on. Yeah, come on, bring him on. Before he rings off. Hi, Gary. Hi there. So I just thought I'd ring. I'm actually at a gig at the moment, but I thought I'd just ring. And tell you about the new game from Stern, but it's getting too noisy. I'll have to call you back. Cheers. Okay. I suppose he's gone. That's it. I was in a, I don't know, some some sort of event. I don't know. Yeah, the gig. He said so. I didn't know he was was going to a gig, but okay. Well, Uh, well, we didn't know gigs were allowed again. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's started up again over here. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll try. I seem to be in a quite, quite a rush. I'm. Uh... Yeah, he, he always is. Um, so, uh, if he's available to come back and uh, there's a quieter period, maybe he can call back and we'll uh, we'll put him straight on again. Right. Okay. July was uh, the month where well when we were expecting to get a, an update on the latest development at uh, Deep Root Pinball. Because Robert Muller, who's, who's the, uh, the head there, said they would uh, produce uh, an update and bring everybody up to date on what's been going on with the uh, development of Raza uh, soon after the July the 4th weekend holiday. Right. And, um, well. So, um, what did we find out? Well, they, we had to wait a little bit after the, the 4th of July. We had to wait until the 30th, actually, almost the last day of the month one day to go but it was a it was one of those sort of uh, friday afternoon let's let's put out a, a message before anybody can uh, can get back to us or ring us up and ask what's going on uh, so uh, breaking basically break bad news on last thing on a friday afternoon uh, in this case the bad news was that there's no news really mm. um all that robert had to do, had to impart was that um from his last offer of uh, of refund to people who couldn't wait any longer, three people got those refunds. That's not to say that only three people applied; so only three got them. They uh, those those refunds are no longer available. So um, the the number of uh, razors to be produced is uh, reduced by three, I guess, if they ever are produced. And um, and unfortunately, due to some undisclosed legal challenge to the game, um, it can't, can't give an update on development uh, or part supply or, or certification or production plans or or indeed even give a date for when the next update is going to be. So undisclosed legal challenge, what yeah. does that mean? Uh, we don't know. It's undisclosed. It could be anything uh, from... from, from uh, it's a legal challenge, so it's it's not so much a part supply, but uh, legal, t- that tends, 
I tend to think in terms of um, uh, creative ownership or something. Yeah, I John, or rights. Yeah. Yes, the, the intellectual property. So could it be that they are facing an intellectual property uh, cease and desist or some, of, of some kind? Possible. Um, the only person who I thought would have been uh, in a position to do that directly was um, Bill Brand, who um, bought the... Uh, the rights to, to build the games from from uh, John Popperduke originally, and then we saw the, the Magic Girl game turn up at uh, Seattle. <coughs> Excuse me there. Bless you. <coughs> Just sneezing. Oh, coughing. I haven't got anything. Um, but then Bill has posted on Pin Inside to say that it's nothing to do with him, and he'd never do that, wouldn't uh, hold up production of the games in that way. So it's apparently not him. So we don't really don't know um, exactly who it is and what their claim is. It may actually be, you know, nothing directly related to the game in that way. And it could be, you know, about, I don't know, it could be about the uh, the office at the, or the, the, the facility that they're working in, that they're not allowed to do manufacturing in it. Or it could be, um, could be that they're not allowed to use certain parts which they thought they were going to be able to use because they're Valley Williams parts and they're not licensed or I don't know. There's so many things that that, that undisclosed legal challenge could cover that, um, and of course that's the intention. Somebody that, uh, patented the pin bar without them knowing it? Well, maybe. Maybe somebody's, maybe somebody's uh, got the name uh, and has not allowed them to use it. I don't know. It's uh, It could be, you know... Um, it could be somebody who was uh, involved in producing some artwork or something as part of Deep Root Studios right. or, um, or an outside contractor who didn't get paid or uh, is, is challenging the payments. Or you know, So many things could, right. could well, be included in that. It's well, not, it's a good thing that Robert Mueller is a lawyer then. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you want anybody on the case, um, he's, he's the guy. Robert Mueller uh, to the rescue. I, I did reach out to Robert to ask if he wanted to come on to uh, onto our pincast and uh, and give us any update, and uh, didn't get a reply on that. So uh, I guess I guess not. I guess he doesn't want to say anything more about it other than what he's already announced. Okay. So when do we expect to hear from Deep Root um, with a new update? We don't. No, no date set. No. So you you'll find out when you find out. I think okay. is the answer, and if it's a legal challenge, if it really is a legal challenge that uh, that goes anywhere, could, then could be months. It could be months. Could be years. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. So moving on. Uh, obviously, in Texas. Uh, well, hopefully there will be news soon. But uh, for now, let's move on to mm-hmm. um, uh, other pinball companies that are actually uh, producing games. Um, well, Pinball Brothers didn't have any any news necessarily but they did post a video or actually their um playfield uh, yeah. supplier uh, posted a video of of an alien playfield being uh waxed and buffed or whatever you call it yeah polished yeah although i have to say it looked shinier before uh they started polishing it and then it became a, a sort of dull so i'm not sure whether that was the entire process or no, whether there i don't is... think so no i think it's just partial yeah right so um yeah and it, it well it showed the same process for uh, a number of uh, belly williams playfields as well um 
my conclusion watching that video is um, it's very time consuming. Mm. Yeah, it certainly looked like. Well, we've I seen mean, that. We've seen that to a degree when we were at uh, Chicago Gaming when they were producing the playfields. We saw how long they, those took. Uh, right. I don't think they were but, doing but, the, quite the same level of polishing on on them that uh, that uh, Brunner and Towson, um, who are the, the playfield manufacturers for the Alien playfields, um, put into theirs. Right. So, but don't you think there is a, a way to to sort of automate that process and like uh, put something together where you have like. Uh, ten buffers cluttered together that are all being driven at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, so it takes a lot less time because I think it took like five minutes to, to buff on playfield. Well, I wonder whether that is um, a, a sort of a special case uh, for for certain playfields where a more automated process didn't produce quite the, re the result, or there was a a flaw in them, so they were polishing it out. It may not may not be they do that for every single one because you're right it would uh, it wouldn't get well even so if it takes five minutes or even if it takes ten minutes and you can produce six an hour you're still producing playfields faster than they can produce games so, so that's that's the only requirement really isn't it right okay so moving on to our second headline yeah uh, well we we spoke about it really at or at least some of it in in last month's pincast. Which was the the launch of the Halloween game from Spooky Pinball? Yeah, well, the game was sort of to remind everybody. The game was uh, the title was announced, uh, but we had not seen any images of the game, um, and there was a rumor that there would be a second game using the same layout, but that wasn't confirmed either. Mm. So we just had to wait, um, and then Spooky surprised everybody, I suppose. Yeah, well, Halloween we knew, um, and the number was uh, 1,250 of those were going to be built. But the, on, initially they announced 1,000, then it was up to 1,250. But. Right, okay. And, and yeah, and the second title came out, and it was uh, Ultraman. Right. Uh, for which 500 games will be built. And, um, well, to me, Ultraman is a complete... Um, non-theme because I have no idea what it what it is. It's not part of my childhood, but for apparently for those growing up in in America, it's uh, it was very popular as a, as a sort of Saturday morning children's cartoon series. Yeah, um, but then again, a, a rather odd one I have to say. Um, I did watch a couple of episodes just to to uh, satisfy my curiosity. Okay, um, I'm not sure which is more violent, Ultraman or Halloween. <laughs> I mean, okay. uh, seriously. Um, obviously, Halloween is a uh, a horror movie, and uh, several people die and get stabbed and mm. uh, what have you. I've never seen a movie, so no. I wouldn't know. Okay. And um, no no intention either to watch the movie because I'm really not into uh, horror movies or whatever. No. So, Ultraman is a um, a sort of uh, uh, kids uh, uh, or a show for kids. Um, and I saw an episode where a couple of um, uh, people who tried to rescue something on an island or what have you uh, eventually got trapped uh, with uh, some some monsters uh, being on that island. And um, then Ultraman comes to the rescue and he has this big circular saw that he basically uh, frisbees 
to the to the monsters, right. cutting off their arms or splitting them in half or cutting off their heads. Um, obviously, these are uh, 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 you can clearly see these are dolls or what have you. But if you think about it, the violence! Oh my god, hmm. how can that be a children's show? I mean, cutting someone in half or chopping off a head. I mean, uh, it sounds like a series that could have been uh, easily. Uh, that, that that you might expect in in um, I don't know Afghanistan or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but mm. this is American TV, and apparently it's considered to be amusement. Yeah, for kids, I suppose. Yeah, big kids so anyway. I was uh, sort of uh, well, I wouldn't say in shock, but I, I did raise my eyebrows like really. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure which is the more violent game, but either way. Um, in both cases, Spooky came up with a very interesting uh, or cool-looking topper, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Halloween, the um, uh, the stabbing knife, and on Ultraman, the uh, well, the, uh, the 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 razor's edge frisbee or whatever you want to call it, the metal blade that's mm-hmm. that's circling around. So. Oh well, right. and uh, well, the good news for Spooky, um, both games sold out in a matter of hours. Yes, um, uh, an unusual um, option on on uh, three different versions. In that the standard, the Bloodsucker edition, which uh, as we saw on Rick and Morty, and uh, and the collector's edition, but there's no fixed split between them. So although there were seventeen hundred and fifty. Whatever is ordered, that's however many of each edition are are made. So right. if, there, if all seventeen hundred and fifty are collector editions, then that's what they'll make, and uh, none of the others. Right. So um, actually, we should probably reach out to uh, Spooky Pinball because I'm actually curious how these numbers are split up. Um, yeah. Um, On the other hand, I can very well understand if they don't want to make that public because. Once you know how these numbers are divided, you also know how much money they made and or um, money will be coming in and so on. That you might consider that information you don't want to make public. That's true, and I, I would guess there might actually be some some uh, some I say wiggle room, some opportunity for people to change their minds as well. You know, they might have ordered the standard, but but uh, when it comes, the standards are being made last. So I think they might decide. Well, okay, maybe I'll I'll move that up to uh, a bloodsucker edition, and I can get in a bit earlier and uh, and get some get the extra features that come with that. And it may right. not may not be locked down from the moment of purchase, you know. And, and people might want to you know trade. They might decide they want to have one, but they, but then think, well, actually, no, I think I'd rather have another one once they've seen them. So uh, right. you know, it's a, it may not be a fixed uh, number yet. Right. Okay, so now everybody's um, uh, curious to see gameplay video mm, of yeah. uh, both Ultraman and uh, Ultra, uh, Halloween. Um, so far, there have been no official streams, uh, but that shouldn't take long. Uh, there has been a video of um, two guys playing at, a, I believe it was a horror uh, or uh, event or something uh, like that where the Halloween game was uh, set up. Mm. Um, not sure whether you've seen it. Yes, I did see that, actually. Uh, they were apparently uh, actors from uh, from horror films who were playing it. But I, okay. I don't know who they are, not being a, a horror fan. 
so it didn't mean a lot to me. And, and we didn't, didn't actually get to see very much of it because the, the way it was shot was more right. about was more from the side. You couldn't really see much of the play field. Right. So um, what I found rather interesting is the music is uh, very... Um, well, it's probably the original uh, music from the movie, mm-hmm. which reminded me a lot of Tuber Bells uh, by Mike Oldfield. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, was, was a successful album in, uh, at that time, so it's not a surprise that that music was, um, uh, or the similar style of music was used in that movie and yeah. the pinball machine. Oh, but it didn't sort of strike exorcist. me, yeah, it didn't strike me as pinball music, to be uh, completely honest. Um, it's just, um, uh, well, it's a scary, uh, scary tune, no drums or what have you. It's just, um, these, 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 well, sort of tubular bell sound, uh, that, that melody and, um, uh, yeah, it has a certain vibe to it, but it's not a vibe that would get me excited playing pinball. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. no, not, not total nuclear annihilation or something like that. No. Far but- from it. But talking about uh, machines that were actually out there to, to, for people to see, the, the Ultraman machine turned up at uh, the Pinfest in Allentown last weekend. Ah. Now, uh, obviously, these, these games are being supplied by Spooky, they're, but they're not, they're not a marketing exercise because all the games are already sold. So really, they're just uh, just out there in order for people to enjoy them and to, to spread word about, uh, about the upcoming games that uh, people yeah, start Yeah, here's to what you missed out on. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Or here's what you bought, and now you finally get to see it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that was... Uh, you, may, you may... Well, I'm sure you will see uh, either or both of those games, uh, either Halloween or Ultraman, turning up at uh, some of the big game shows, such as the, uh, the Southern Pride Gaming Expo in Atlanta, in, in Georgia, which is uh, later this month, on the 20th to the 22nd, uh, where, where Charlie Emery will be presenting a seminar. Um, talking about Spooky and no doubt talking about Halloween Ultraman games. So uh, I'm sure he will bring some games along with him for people to enjoy. Yeah, most likely. So, uh, And in other news, uh, apparently Spooky started a new uh, uh, technical service line, or a phone that is, so you can call with a real person answering your technical questions, I suppose. Wow. And if if you if you feel the need to do that, then the number is eight one five five four one four nine four zero. Good. And if you didn't get that down, I'm sure if you go to spookypinball.com, dot com, you will find the details on there as well. Right. So, okay, and that rounds it up for uh, for Spooky Pinball. Congratulations on selling out both uh, yeah. Halloween and Ultraman. Yes, and, we keep them busy. Um, yeah, oh yeah, and, the, and and the good news is production has already started. Yeah, it's anticipated to last uh, twelve months, I think. Produce all those, so uh, not that's. Uh, I guess that's going to be what's that? Uh, Fifth, hundred and fifty a month, I suppose, around about that. Well, that's very ambitious for a small company, but hey, if they can do it, yeah. good for them. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, right, so uh, moving on to well, let's uh, let's go to Chicago Gaming. Right. Yeah, you found something interesting I hadn't heard about, but so I'll let you discuss that. Uh, yes, um, there was a, apparently there've been some scam emails which appear to have come from Chicago Gaming, asking people to make payments on on games. Uh, in fact, um, this is a a message from Ryan White 
there who uh, said it's come to my attention that a specific email address within Chicago Gaming may have been uh, compromised. I'm not sure that's entirely true because it says uh, it goes on to say that somebody posing um, as from the Chicago Gaming Company office had been requesting funds to be wired to them for payment on games, and they are using a cloned proforma invoice request, um, which uh, I guess um, they must have had access to at some point. So either their previous customer or uh, have managed to hack into Chicago Gaming Systems. Um, this says the potential scammers are promising medieval madness, uh, attack from Mars, and monster bash with the prepayment wired directly to them. And they have copied signatures of the staff and are using a domain called Chicago Gamnig or G A M N I G dot com. So easily mistaken for Chicago Gaming dot com. He says, uh, if you, should you receive an email from this domain, it is not from Chicago Gaming. Um, and um, they said uh, they only sell their games to authorised dealers and do not sell direct to the community. So you will, if you get anything from Chicago, apparently come from Chicago Gaming, saying uh, they're selling you, they will sell you a game cheap. It's it's a scam. Okay. Right. Okay. So and there's more news uh, regarding uh, Chicago Gaming. Uh, I um, did call Ryan White. Um, to uh, basically check with him whether there were uh, was there any news or updates, and he did have some uh, interesting news uh, to share with me. Uh, you just mentioned the Soda Fried Gaming Expo mm. uh, taking place later this month, and uh, Ryan uh, basically confirmed to me that he will be doing a seminar on the history of uh, Chicago Gaming and Churchill Cabinets, which is, uh, as you may know, a very uh, long history in the uh, uh, coin-op amusement uh, industry. Yes, because indeed. They have, they yeah. have been producing uh, cabinets and playfields for uh, uh, pinball machines, but also video games and uh, and what have you. And, uh, well, Ryan is going to be talking about that and um, probably a lot more um, at, the, uh, at his seminar, which I believe is supposed to be on Friday at the uh, uh, like I said, Southern Fried uh, Gaming Expo. Yes, so uh, that's another. So if you happen uh, to attend, then make sure that you uh, th- that you visit Brian's uh, uh, Ryan's, I should say, uh, seminar as well. Yeah, uh, the, the, they haven't actually published the schedule of events yet for that, uh, so we can't say exactly when it's going to be. But uh, both he and Charlie will be there um, presenting. So, yeah, right. It should be a good okay. good show. It's always a good show, and uh, another couple of good reasons to attend if you possibly can. I haven't been there, but I'd love to go. Yes, me too. I would uh, probably have gone this year, but uh, sadly, not to be. Right. Okay. So, uh, well, usually you give the next uh, manufacturer to me, yep. Dutch Pinball. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had actually some news that I didn't know about, so I'll let you handle this one. Okay. Well, I, I just saw that. Um, that uh, I, I don't know if you know that for the the Big Lebowski game, um, you can you have the option to buy a, a an illuminated apron, yes. which is uh, the one that's that's uh, it's not the same as the one which is on the early achiever model, but it's similar. Uh, so right. basically, the apron has inserts in it which which light up and twinkle and that kind of thing. So uh, those are available. That that apron is available as a, an extra. But uh, there have been some delays in making those available because of uh, 
supply chain delays. So back to that again. When it comes to the actual inserts, not the not the metal frame, but just getting the, the inserts made. So right. but apparently it's not going to take long and they should be available within uh, the next month or so. But uh, at the moment, okay. if you wanted one of those, you can't get it um, just yet. Right. Yeah. I talked to Barry as well uh, for the same reason I talked to uh, to Ryan, just to check up and see whether there's any news. And um, um, well, basically Barry said there's no news to report. They are still building games, but uh, due to the uh, uh, supply chain delays, uh, not yet at the pace that they would like to see. So, but they definitely aren't uh, are. Well, they're still manufacturing games. That's, mm. that's the most important part. So, Hopefully uh, it will be solved. But then again, I understand that um, uh, they have the option to choose from different uh, suppliers mm. uh, for certain, uh, certain parts. And uh, in some cases, um, the desired manufacturer has a, um, a delivery time of... Or a production schedule where where the the, the requested part uh, will be taken into production in fifty one weeks, which is close <laughs> to a year. Yeah. So that's not what you want to wait for. So um, no. the alternatives are um, are being uh, found. Yes. Uh, but it's keeping Barry very busy. I did uh, make a suggestion uh, uh, to him uh, where he might be able to find some. Uh, some parts and hopefully that will uh, will lead to 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 shorter or uh, uh, um, uh, delivery times. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well. So that that's all the news I I uh, I could find on on Dutch Pinball yeah. as well. So. Okay. So let's uh, let's head back across the Atlantic then and uh, see what American Pinball will have been up to. Uh, last time we spoke to David Fix, he was expecting to uh, release. The, their next or announce their next title during the summer. Uh, right. We haven't heard. There was already yet. two episodes ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was, uh, we were expecting it to be in June, um, and it didn't happen. And uh, also, it didn't happen in July either. So we haven't got any coverage in this particular pincast about uh, about what their their next title is. But, Although there uh, have been rumours. Well, yeah, we, we hear a lot about uh, it's, it's going to be a re-themed version of the Legends of Valhalla game. But right. um, no confirmation on that, and uh, we, it's one of those cases that we won't know until it's announced. Okay. Well, then we just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, I'm so. Well, let's move on immediately to uh, the next manufacturer. Um, how about Multimorphic in Texas? Well, I haven't found any news from them either. I've been been hunting around, haven't heard any any, any announcements about uh, about any more games. Although they've been pretty busy recently um, with uh, with their their mini games um, for uh, mainly coming from uh, Nick Baldred, um with the Silver Falls game um, and preceded uh, by Ranger in the Ruins. So, so they've been uh, certainly been uh, been busy recently, but in the past month. I couldn't find any any, uh, any more information. Right, okay. Uh, there's just uh, one extra item I'd like to address regarding uh, Dutch Pinball. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I just remembered. Um, 
haven't told you either, but uh, the southern, southern part of uh, the Netherlands, mm -hmm. uh, the, which I suppose the, uh, the province of uh, Limburg, which is where Dutch Pimmel is located, uh, suffered heavy floods, as oh, did yes. uh, parts of Germany mm. and, uh, and Belgium. Um, so I reached out to Barry uh, because uh, Roermond, the city where they are located, was actually also partly uh, flooded. But luckily uh, for Barry and, uh, well, uh, people uh, waiting for a game, um, uh, their uh, current building is... Uh, nowhere near the river or anything like that. So uh, they were able to keep their feet dry. Oh, good. Good, yes. There's been some horrendous flooding, in, uh, particularly in Germany, but yes, in the whole area. Yeah. Right. So I just remembered, so I figured I'd mention that as well. So. Good point. Okay. Um, well, let's, uh, let's move to uh, probably our last... Well, I'd say pinball manufacturer, but uh, they haven't actually manufactured Not the any last games. news, but nowhere near. We still have the third headline to come. Well, we do, but um, I, was, I was going through the manufacturers. Yes. Um, and, um, and one who are a wannabe manufacturer, and that's Pinball Adventures. Uh, we mentioned last month that uh, their website seems to have been taken down, and um, we were expecting a, a revamped version. Well, it's still down, and there's no news on when it's going to come back. So... Uh, it's surprising. So all, all the stuff about about Putty Factory and uh, subsequent titles is is no longer there. Although, uh, as we said last time, if you look on the, the Wayback Machine, which is uh, archive.org, and uh, have a look at uh, pinballbuzz.com, then uh, you can actually browse older versions of the website and find some of that stuff, which is which is uh, just been been archived away by them. So uh, right. So in the there, meantime, there might there might still be some news. Uh, in the sense that... Oh, hold on. Um, no, no news. I was just um, uh, looking on Facebook on the uh, the page of Team Pinball, but I couldn't find it. Um, although I just did, uh, but it wasn't <laughs> the, the, the first hit, uh, so I was wondering. For mm -hmm. a second, I had the, uh, the impression that that site was uh, down as well, but it's not. It's still there. Good. Good. Okay. Well, because uh, they're working on, on, on this on second game, and... Uh, and potentially Elements, other yes. projects, yes, which, yes. Uh, which we uh, can't talk about at the moment, but um, might be able to soon. Yeah, okay. we know they are very, very exciting, and uh, we can't wait to tell you all about it. Yes, uh, but we will. So, yes, our, our third headline then, which, um, which relates to the Museum of Pinball in, uh, in Banning in California. Yes, and, uh, well, it's very sad news, I suppose, uh, unless you're looking to buy a game. Uh, but the museum is closing down, and they will auction off their entire collection. Yes, it's. Uh, I can't remember whether they had any mention of it last time or not. But um, the, the museum was planning to move, or had plans to move to Palm Springs to a, a nice uh, refurbished uh, building there, and uh, and where they would be able to open seven days a week as opposed to the uh, about the four or five times a year that they are allowed to open in their existing location in Banning. Um, and because Banning is, is kind of out in the desert a bit and doesn't have anything like the same kind of facilities that they could have had nearby if they, if they were in Palm Springs. Well, unfortunately, all that fell apart. Um, it would take an awful lot longer, an awful lot more money to get the Palm Springs base going. 
and, uh, and get it refurbished up to the standard they need for the museum. And uh, it basically became a non, non-starter. So then the option was, well, what can they do? Because they'd already promised, already signed a contract to lease out the, the building that the museum currently lives in. They are going to uh, lease that out to a company that sell that uh, sells that, that produces marijuana, which is uh, legal there. So they are moving in, and in apparently October. very profitable. <laughs> yes, yes, no surprise. I'm profitable than a, a museum of pinball. So uh, the, basically, the museum has to be out by October, and uh, with nowhere to go and um, nowhere to store the games and. Um, they decided that uh, well, the the owners, which are John and Jonathan Weeks, basically decide they're going to sell the whole lot off and close it all down. So uh, that's what they're doing. Uh, all the yes. machines that are in the museum and the ones that are in storage as well, you know, in separate buildings. Right. So, so and that's um, um, about not, well, nine hundred pinballs in in the museum. And uh, is, is is that right? Um, no, well, it's uh, over over 40,000 40, square feet of 1,100 rare vintage and modern pinball machines and classic arcade games. That's how yeah. it's advertised on the uh, the uh, the auction uh, poster or brochure, if you want to call it, which I uh, just happened to stumble upon. Um, there's two big weekends yes. where this auction will take place. Uh, the first weekend is uh, September 10 to 12. And the second weekend is September 24 to 26, which is awfully close to the 1st of October, I would say. Mm, yes, so two weeks apart. Um, it's been run by Captain's Auctions, I believe. Is that right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it will be both on-site and online. So you will be able to bid on those games if you, uh, without actually having to go to banning. But that said, they will have to clear the site very quickly afterwards, so uh, you need to be able to need to make arrangements for, for your purchases to be picked up and, and removed from the site um, as soon as possible. Right, so uh, that must be a terrible site. Building up such a collection takes obviously years and years and years, and then two weekends and everything will be gone. I know, there's so much work gone into restoring those and keeping them up and running and building the collection, and it's just such a shame. Um, yeah. And we've both been there um, and it's it's it is an amazing collection, and some of the some of the older games in there as well. You know, I think you can find machines that you, you just won't won't see in any other location. Right. So I'm I'm very curious how this will uh, um, play out, so to speak, um, because usually these auctions, I mean, uh, with pinball, there's always a um, uh, it's a matter of uh, the demand and um, uh, what's available. But in this case, there's so much available that it usually results in rather low uh, prices for games. And I don't expect uh, uh, any of the current Stern or JCAP games to go for very much. Uh, well, they're not. They won't be going for for uh, two thousand dollars or less. Um, but uh, but with all the electromechanical games in that collection. Um, I fear you might be picking up uh, many of those for bargain prices. Well, I think unless there is a certain reserve, but then again, they, I don't know what this. I can't the, reserve, the, can they? Because they have to sell them. 
Right. So, but, but well, they could work with the reserve the first weekend, and then the second weekend maybe lose the reserve and hopefully sell the games. And I still wonder what will happen with to the games that are not being sold. Hmm. Yeah. Well, perhaps everything has to be sold. Perhaps there are no reserves at all. Um, it's it's generally the case that um, the prices are high initially, and then as as the auction continues. People who uh, who are looking to buy probably bought everything they wanted to buy, and uh, there are fewer bidders towards the the tail end of the the list of items. So uh, that's where you can get the good bargains. That's certainly the case in the auctions I've been to. I haven't been to any of these auctions, but um, I I do remember that the uh, David Silverman collection was oh, yeah. being auctioned, mm-hmm. yeah. and those prices were uh, far from what. Originally, was being paid for those games, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, another the National Pinball Museum. That was uh, that was a another another sad story. But uh, yeah, um, and what with uh, the the closing of the uh, the Papa uh, the replay effects um, right collection yeah. as well. Didn't so, keep an eye on the prices of those games, but um, no, they were mostly sold privately. I think. Um, the, the prices that were that were being asked were, were very high, and I don't know how. Things they were they certainly weren't all uh, achieved, and um, after that there were some job lots of, of games um, available at uh, cheaper prices. Right. But uh, yeah, we are we are losing the big collections. It's only uh, only really the, uh, the Hall of Fame now in uh, Las Vegas, which is uh, going the other direction. Right, and then there is the Pacific Pinball Museum, but they don't have the uh, the space to publicly no. um, uh, uh, exhibit that collection. No, and they've been thinning out their collection as well by doing their their warehouse sales. So getting rid of duplicates and um, and uh, ones that require too much restoration. So yeah, they're downsizing. They have been downsizing over the over the past couple of years. So uh, hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, hope we get some some more you know, huge collections out there for uh, people to play and, and enjoy. Right. So um, and then um, well, getting back to uh, uh, the other news. Um, well, let's um, stick to the museums for a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if there's uh, if 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 you uh, heard about this, but the pinball. Hall of Fame in Las Vegas had their grand opening mm-hmm. uh, the evening of uh, July 1st. Um, and the, the event was sort of overshadowed by the news that their contractor had made a mistake. And apparently the new building is eight feet on the land of their neighbor. Yes. Which happens to be the, uh, the Dream Hotel Corporation or whatever it's called. Uh, apparently a company with uh, uh, lots of money, lawyers, and, well, okay, you get the uh, the idea. It's going to be a very pleasant uh, uh, um, uh, experience, I suppose, for uh, for Tim Arnold. Uh, I'm not sure whether there is any chance of uh, them uh, solving this without going to uh, uh, to court. But obviously this is a huge mistake because obviously the, the Museum of... Uh, sorry... Pinball Hall of Fame is blaming their contractor, and um, um, well, so yeah. who who is who is suing who, and what will be the outcome? Well, it could well be that um, you know it's the surveyors, and they they they've made a mistake, and 
then it'll be down to whether they have insurance in order to, uh, you know, liability insurance in case they, they do make these kind of mistakes. And the biggest thing is how are the neighbours whose land they are on going to react? Now, are they going to say, okay, we'll sell you the land in that case, um, at, at whether it's a, a going rate or a premium price, um, or, uh, or are they going to you know, fight and say... Uh, or, or lease it to them. Yeah, to try to lease it, Yeah, which I thought is just what Tim doesn't want. Uh, to have uh, no, 95% or 98% of the land owned and that little 2% or, or 5% they have to lease from at, uh, at a, uh, a variable rate. You know, it's... Uh, so it's kind of the whole point of, of owning the, the, the land and owning the building outright was to, was to avoid all that. Right. So, oh, well. So I, um, I haven't seen any news on it uh, other than the uh, opening weekend, uh, but I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, uh, it will have to come to a resolution one way or the other before too long, but as, as we mentioned earlier, when we're talking about deep root and, and legal matters, None of this uh, tends to get resolved very quickly. Right. So, um, oh well. Um, I suppose we should I, uh, we should go to our our, uh, our next interview, really, shouldn't we? Well, yeah. So, surprise, surprise, people! We have another interview coming, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the occasion is. Um, we all remember probably the uh, the story of how Roger Sharp. Um, saved pinball in the United States um, with a uh, uh, demonstration uh, for the New York uh, City Council where he basically called his shot, uh, uh, plunging the ball and uh, 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 announcing in which uh, top lane the ball would uh, end up, uh, which happened to be the case. And... um, I'm not sure whether that was a spoiler or not, but... Uh, no, no, not at all. No, well, so, uh, basically, that story is uh, the main ingredient, I suppose, for a movie um, about Roger Sharp and yes, uh, his, right. his his life in pinball. Yes, it's, and, it's um, to be called Pinball, the man who saved the game. And uh, it's going to be made by MPI Original Films. Right. It's uh, a dramatic comedy. Um, apparently, Ooh. yeah, based on the, the true story of uh, Roger Sharp, writer and pinball wizard, and um, and that uh, that it, it doesn't just cover that uh, that fateful day in uh, April 1976 in front of the the six members of the, uh, the committee from the New York Council, but um, it actually looks looks back at his whole life, um, how he got involved in pinball, writing the book. Um, learning to play before that, the people he interviewed, and um, then how he became, how, how it was that he was called in front of the committee to um, to help help support the motion to overturn the, the ban on pinball within New York City. Um, which, uh, as Jonathan just said, he, uh, he did by, uh, by demonstrating that uh, as a game of skill and uh, calling which shot he was going to plunge the ball into. Uh, uh, which resulted in the committee saying they'd seen enough and voting 6-0 to uh, overturn that ban, uh, uh, a ban which was repealed uh, when the, the law um, 
overturning it came into effect on the 1st of August in 1976, uh, Roger Sharp's birthday. Right. Okay. So, um, well, uh, let's, let's give Roger a call and yeah. um, uh, ask him um, about the movie and uh, how he's involved and, and, and what have you. Yeah. Okay. Hello, hello. Hello, hello Roger. Roger. Hello, Roger. Hi. Well, first of all, congratulations on your birthday the other day. Uh, hope you had a good day. Uh, I did, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, a day spent with uh, the families. Uh, ah. Josh and Amanda and Colin and Charlotte and Evan in the morning. And then uh, late afternoon, early evening with Zachary, Crystal, and Benson. So right, uh, right. It, it, it was all it was all good. Thoroughly right. enjoyed. It. Okay, well, it's quite the family already. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I guess uh, you know everybody gets to keep me on my toes, so right. to speak, and not able to actually sleep in <laughs> for, for what the day was, but well worth the sacrifice. Right, okay. If you don't mind me asking, um, you had a little health scare last year, if I'm not mistaken. How is your health? It's good. Uh, <clears throat> other than uh, most recently, uh, I uh, sprained uh, a tricep. So uh, I, I've had to uh, delay uh, getting back out on the golf course for the next week or so. But uh, otherwise, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I'm I'm in decent shape, all things being equal. So <laughs> thank you for asking. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear that. Yes, absolutely. You recently did a, uh, or last week, I should say, you did a uh, uh, very interesting uh, uh, podcast interview with uh, uh, Jeff Teolis and um, uh, Ryan, who's over in Australia, uh, where you discussed a lot of aspects of licensing. So we're not going to dive into that, but. Uh, I suppose the big news, aside from your birthday um, uh, during the weekend, uh, last week was uh, um, uh, sort of announced that there will be a movie about the story of you saving Pinball. Yes, kind of uh, strange that somebody uh, would actually think that that is worthwhile to be a movie. Well, you But, obviously uh, haven't been to the cinemas lately because you these days you need a lot less plotline uh, uh, to already have a movie. So, in your There case... You <laughs> so, um, but 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 uh, what I understand is you're also... Well, you're, you're, you're involved in the project uh, in some way yourself as well. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, uh, admittedly, it's, it's not a documentary, uh, which I think on first blush might have been a thought... It's not an animated uh, movie, <laughs> nor is it a uh, big-budget, spectacular special effects film. Uh, I'm not going off in the space. Uh, no, I was contacted uh, God, the, the early part of last year, uh, which is amazing, uh, by uh, Meredith Bragg and his brother Austin, who are uh, very talented filmmakers. And uh, they had this notion that uh, maybe doing a movie about me Uh, would be of uh, of interest to uh, to not only them creatively uh, because they're acting as uh, not only the writers but also the directors of the film and uh, we began this process of uh, God communicating on it 
fairly regular basis going over the script. I am the executive producer. I am putting, uh, I guess, my take on everything in regard to what effectively is going to be um, probably about a three-year period of time in my life uh, as we recount all the events leading up to and subsequently what wound up happening uh, on uh, August uh, 3rd, if, or August, April 3rd, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, or April 2nd, 1976, and uh, see where, where, where things take us and uh, going through the casting process now and the announcement, uh, I guess, that came out last week was the uh, the leads. Uh, Joel Courtney gets to play a young me. Allison Reed gets to play a younger Ellen, and uh, the casting continues. So, yes. Oh, so right. there's, there's still part f- to to put us in. Uh, absolutely, there are. <laughs> so, so get yourselves can, ready. Can you tell us a little about the um, the format of this movie? Is it is it like a full length feature? Is it as a short? Is it an, is it in episodes? How's it going to be? Uh, how's it going to be released? Uh, it is actually a full length feature. I've gone through. The, we have the last draft, which is a uh, 110 page script. Um, I guess, and on last count, uh, there are about 48 speaking parts. Right. Uh, as the casting goes on, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is an actual real movie. I guess this is the best way to describe it. Okay, so does uh, that mean that there that there uh, these the, the the actors that are going to be playing you and Ellen will be in uh, um, costumes dating back to 1976, and that if there's a scene where you'd be walking on the street, for example, that there's only cars in there that could be could have been around in 1976, or is that too far fetched. So to no, speak. Uh, you are absolutely correct, and it's interesting because it is going to be historically accurate uh, and authentic. So yes, uh, there will be that taking place. Um, the machines, because obviously there's going to be pinball mm-hmm. machines and very specific yeah, yeah. ones, yeah. Uh, are going to be uh, included into the movie. So um, there will be an outreach uh, to see. Um, Right now, uh, we're looking at pre-production to start in about a month and a half. Uh, actual filming uh, right. is going to be the middle of October to the middle of November. Uh, it's going to be in and around Hudson Valley in uh, New York State. Oh, cool. So uh, there are uh, directors of photography that are out there scouting locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever help the community uh, is able to provide in terms of specifics for uh, machines, I believe the IFPA next week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on the website, will be posting a release uh, actually from uh, Meredith and Austin uh, asking for some help. Uh, right. So that uh, we can have uh, some authentic, you know, Machines and and other things. So to answer your question a little bit more succinctly, uh, Joel and Alice and uh, Crystal will be uh, definitely uh, dressed in the appropriate attire. (laughs) Whether or not uh, Joel has the wherewithal, we haven't had a chance to really connect yet. Uh, He's uh, currently uh, working on a movie. uh, But uh, as soon as he gets a little bit of break in the action, Plan on getting on a uh, on a call and 
talking and I can joke to find out if he's planning on starting his own mustache or if it's going to be <laughs> something that they will uh, actually plaster on his face for him. So, uh, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Sounds great. But this is also billed in the uh, in the announcement that you made uh, last week or at the weekend that uh, it's a dramatic comedy. So uh, what's what's the comedic angle in all this? I think it's some of the interchange that goes on. Uh, our son, or Ellen's son, Seth, is very much a part of this process, going back to the beginning of our relationship together. And there are some moments, absolutely, where <clears throat> I guess there is a, a sense of, of comedy. Uh, I've never thought of my life as being necessarily <laughs> comedic, but the, uh, the creative and writing skills of Austin and Meredith uh, have uh, brought some new... Uh, New dimensionality. The question then would be how much is no, it based on, on reality and how much is, uh, has been added to it for uh, cinematic effect? I think, truthfully, it's a good question, Martin. Thank you. I think it really is pretty much accurate. We kind of went through it all, kind of drilled down, I won't say on a on a day-by-day -day basis, Mm -hmm. you know, going back 40 years. Uh, but uh, truthfully, uh, very much in line chronologically in regard to, you know, what what wound up occurring. And, you know, that I'll call those chapters out of my life. You know, I will share with everybody that the uh, the first reaction that I had is really going to be one of the very first scenes in a movie which is, uh, and, and we're still waiting and uh, hoping that our first choice uh, will actually come to fruition to play, as we affectionately call it in the script, uh, Mr. Sharp. Uh, that is the older me. Right. Uh, but uh, the, the, the opening scene is me being asked, you know, about having a movie made. And it's like, really? Why, <laughs> why would anybody be interested in a movie about me? Right. And that's... That's kind of like the the takeoff point and a lot of flashbacks, if you will. And, uh, yeah, so the, the story unfolds uh, pretty much, you know, dead on. There's a lot of things in there that uh, I think many people are not aware of in terms of my life. Uh, a lot of things that... Well, not I everybody have. reads Spinball Magazine, of course. Well, I, I, absolutely. But I think that more on a personal level, Jonathan, uh, there's a lot of things that come to light. Uh, that, uh, you know, I, I was conflicted about, but mm -hmm. I understood for the authenticity of the movie and what needed to be done uh, to really kind of uh, give a fuller picture of the, the lead character, uh, that some of these things absolutely needed to be uh, portrayed on screen. Right. So, so uh, uh, does the does the sort of romantic side of it, the uh, the the relationship between you and Ellen, is, is that in the same kind of timeline as actually happened, or does it does it necessarily need to be sort of conflated so it fits within the the scope of the movie? No, it actually is very much on target. All right, uh, we were very uh, precise in regard to the nature of that relationship, the importance of Ellen, uh, and and the overall process of whatever was happening in my life back then, look, you know, it, it, it takes me from 
my, my last days, if you will, or last few years in college on through. So, you know, it takes me through my career in advertising, through my career at uh, GQ magazine, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, on through to, you know, the book and subsequently, uh, you know, the court case. Right. So but, the whole story, uh, yes, I mean, the whole story about you going out to fi- try to buy a pinball machine for yourself, which was basically yep. how you got at GQ <laughs> and so on. That's all going to be part of, of this film. Uh, absolutely, Jonathan, you are correct. And James Hamilton's character plays an integral uh, part as well. I mean, there are going to be uh, individuals in the movie uh, that suddenly uh, people will say, oh, wow, that's right. I forgot. Uh, even to the point of some of the interview subjects for the pinball book. So, you know, Harry Williams, Sam Stern, Alvin Gottlieb, Sam Ginsburg, Herb Jones, uh, you know, that list uh, is included and embraced within the context of uh, the overall story. Well, all those people are going to appear uh, in the in the movie, are they? Yeah, as I said, uh, you know, we Fantastic. are uh, we are absolutely going through a, a very deliberate process in regard to identifying uh, specific uh, talent for uh, all of these characters and even more. And this, of course, is is not the first time that, uh, well, at least the the latter part of the story has been portrayed on the screen, albeit the small screen. You have uh, have been appeared in the uh, as a subject of a drunk history episode. Of course, um, you didn't have any involvement in that, did you? Uh, I did not. Not drunk history. Uh, Mysteries of the Museum on the History Channel. Uh, I did have. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we were not able to schedule things uh, where I was actually going to be the person on screen in that, so they wound up mm-hmm. getting an actor to portray me. But, uh, Martin, you are correct. I mean, there have been any number of documentaries. We, we all know them. Yeah. yeah. Any and number of, of different uh, news uh, accounts. Yeah, and, and in print as well, of course, including, as Jonathan was saying, in uh, in Pimble Magazine. Yes, uh, the, the, so, the penultimate one of me in, in total embrace. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. See what happens when you get featured in Pimble Magazine. Next thing you know, they, they make a movie about your life. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's probably the only reason. They wound up seeing it and said, my God, if this person Probably not the wild, only one. I'm trying to be modest here, but I do see a certain correlation. Yeah, so you are perhaps trying, but you're not uh, not succeeding too well. Um, so, <laughs> is, um, is is the movie um, sort of being funded in a traditional way by a by a studio, or is it self funded, or is there uh, a fundraiser campaign for it, or or, or how yeah, no, how is no it coming fundraiser. out? Uh, right. I don't know if folks are uh, familiar with uh, Moving Picture Institute, but the Moving Picture Institute is the uh, production company behind all of this. Okay. have set up a, a fairly significant budget. Um, again, it's not a special effects laden movie, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a significant uh, budget to, to make this happen. And, you know, whether or not they work with another distributor and how this plays out, you know, in, in this day and age, it's, it, it's kind of interesting and we're looking at the release of this to be admittedly next year. I don't know the time frame exactly. 
Uh, Meredith and Austin have won awards. I, I highly recommend if people have not had a chance, and I think you can access it. It's a very, very short film that they did called uh, A Piece of Cake. Uh, and uh, the star, uh, God, I forget his name. My apologies on that. It's, it's Summers, uh, and, and I can't remember his first name, but uh, he was uh, one of the uh, stars on uh, the television series Mad Men. He plays oh, right. the, uh, mm-hmm. the star in, in this short little film, but it, it's won accolades. It's been at film festivals and what have you. And uh, if if you do any kind of check on, on Meredith and Austin and would even suggest at some point in time, you may have uh, a desire to actually want to talk to them, but they have been very celebrated. Uh, these are not just, you know, a couple of guys off the street. Uh, I was uh, overwhelmed and impressed uh, by uh, all of what they've achieved to date and the fact that they would deem my story to be something that they'd want to to actually you know bring to to fruition but uh, yeah I, I think that uh, right now I'll go back to it uh, you know whether it becomes something that is in theaters based on what's happening with theaters whether it becomes a mix and a match of theatrical release and Netflix or mm-hmm one of the other streaming services yeah don't know i mean that's still somewhat yet to be determined but i think that uh given the uh the talent that has currently been uh cast as well as what's going to be coming up uh i think all of that will play out so no this is not a kickstarter kind of thing where it's a win and a hope and a prayer this is a, a legitimate undertaking, if it's you will. It's definitely happening. Yeah, right. yeah and, I, you know, look, I, I, I don't think that they would turn down any company, studio, or whatever else would want to step in to say, hi, we'd like to, you know, join in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, MPI has been uh, incredibly successful doing any number of film projects. If you go to their website, uh, I, I truly was overwhelmed by what they've accomplished and the awards and accolades that they have uh, garnered. So uh, I'm, I'm in uh, incredibly good company and uh, very humbled by it all. Okay. So uh, given the uh, accolades that you just mentioned for the uh, the filmmakers, is this a, uh, a film that's also going to be in the running for um, uh, film festival awards and that kind of stuff, prizes, um uh, or is that not something that you can comment on or don't know? No, I think that, I mean, I can't comment specifically. I don't want to put words into either Austin or Meredith's mouth uh, or that of MPI, but I would believe that uh, it's probably going to be uh, an undertaking that will find its way into that pathway of various film festivals and what have you. Uh as as we go forward, you know, <clears throat> more more information on that to come. Uh, since we're still very much in the pseudo preliminary stages, uh, you know, the script is is basically done now. We've gone through a number of rewrites over these past many months, um, and uh, again, it's now just a question of locking in talent, and there'll be more announcements as they come. Right. Well, from 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 a very personal point of view, I would uh, would also ask whether 
it will be possible to get a you know this this uh, movie released on some kind of physical media you know be it uh, dvd bl uh, blu-ray because you know how people like to collect pinball uh, memorabilia and of course this is going to be a, you know, a a hot collectible item for anybody who, who's a completist who's got to have all the uh, the pinball movies the, the books and and other publications so i'm sure people would want to buy this as a as a physical product as well as you know yeah, I'm cinema or stream i'm assuming that they'll probably do something like that i mean most movies today are available uh, in, in those various mediums so right. great let's hope so Okay, so so that brings me to uh, um, the following question. Um, in the past, you've mentioned that uh, your pinball book, uh, which you did together with, uh, <coughs> sorry, James Hamilton, um, originally it had like uh, three hundred something pages, and uh, a lot of that was actually cut. And you've always wanted to do like the book in its in the form that you in originally intended it. Um, uh, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to do that uh, together with the uh, tying in with with the movie? Or Jonathan, I, I, I hadn't thought of that, but uh, you're probably on point to to ask that question and uh, bring it up as a uh, as a possibility. I don't know. We'll see. You know, obviously, with uh, my son Josh's urging. Uh, the interviews have now been placed in a medium <laughs> other than in uh, small little cassettes that uh, he was fearful would have dried out and not been mm -hmm. able to be reclaimed. <clears throat> and I know with Nate Shivers, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we've, we've done a couple uh, of those to have people actually hear the voice of Harry Williams or the voice of you know Sam Stern. And Alvin Gottlieb and others, uh, more to come. So I think the idea of maybe bringing to life the original book and the pictures uh, could well be an option. Don't know. I have not thought about it until you just planted that small little seed. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, can, we, can we sort of, while we're going back in time a little bit, can we... Uh, can we do a similar thing? Go back to to that time in uh, in April of 1976 when you were at the New York uh, City Council meeting, the committee meeting there. Uh, could you possibly have imagined then that the events of that day would, all this time later, still be talked about and be, have such such significance in pinball's history that it turned into a movie? Uh, not in my wildest imagination, Martin. And, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I for one, and we just kind of mentioned about people in, in the hobby uh, who are ardent collectors of, of anything and everything pinball. Mm. Uh, I have court documents from other cases, you know, going back into the 30s and, and, and what have you. Uh, the one I do not have it's the one from New York. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I have never stopped being overwhelmed by the fact that it has endured and remained. Uh, I, I think on the same level, and this may sound somewhat uh, strange in context, 
I never thought that the pinball book would remain what it has been. Um, you know, I, I did that truly as a labor of love and wanting to to give uh, a voice and a face in some cases to the people responsible for uh, creating uh, something that I fell in love with, pinball. And I think the court case, you know, and I've been asked a question over time and I've talked about it and you guys know this. I think the fact that it was New York City was the fact that it stood out more so than, and I wasn't involved in 72 in Los Angeles. I wasn't directly involved in Chicago, later, the latter part of 76. But I did testify in other cases mm -hmm. uh, that proved to turn bands around. But I think it was New York, and I think it was that seminal moment of what happened, and James being there, at least uh, one of the people to capture uh, the moment uh, on film. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I have said, and I truly believe this in my heart, that I never assumed that my legacy would have been pinball, and <laughs> or that it would have inspired in some ways and motivated both of my sons to become so deeply entrenched in in the industry obviously joshua with raw thrills being a video game company but zachary heading up marketing at stern you know i am incredibly immensely proud of both of them and i guess that's the gift that keeps on giving so um so yeah i am uh, for one of the few times i am actually in a way speechless although I'm not, not speaking, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, so you mentioned you'll be at the, in the <clears throat> opening scene of the, of the movie um, uh, uh, as yourself, I suppose, as Mr. Sharp. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, that's that going that, to be an actor who is going to be portraying me. Ah, okay. So that brings me to the question, will you be doing a cameo in the movie? Uh, the plan right now... Uh, And uh, I will share with you, uh, I have been uh, hibernating, I guess is the best way to describe it. I have not traveled. I did not go to the recent coin-operated amusement game show uh, for Pinball Expo that's coming up literally in my own backyard. I am on the fence uh, mm -hmm. regarding protocols. I know that it's going to be indoors. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet, but we still have some time and we'll see. Uh, if that's going to be possible. I'm not planning on doing any travel for the balance of this year. There's a couple of major trade shows and events that I have gone to uh, for decades, literally. Uh, my plan was maybe to start again sometime in January and begin my cycle of travel. But now it looks like uh, sometime in October, uh, I'm going to bite the bullet and head to uh, – Hudson Valley in New York, and yes, I am planning on, I think somebody called it either a Stanley moment or an Alfred Hitchcock moment, <laughs> yeah. somewhere on screen where, yes, I will be there. And the going to say so. Knows what. Right, so Roger Sharp will be the Stanley of pinball. There you go, yes. Kind of walking across the screen, or Alfred Hitchcock used to do his moments as well. Mm. So we're, we're, we're talking about that. We're also talking about, uh, and I'll share with you, uh, the possibility of other folks uh, maybe making cameos as well. So there could be an opportunity, Martin and Jonathan, for both of you, depending on your travel, 
to actually be in the movie in some spot somewhere in one of the scenes. If if uh, I would be any of the uh, managers uh, or owners of pinball companies uh, currently around, I would definitely try to to get in there in some uh, way or capacity. Um, maybe playing a part as somebody on the on on the city council. Um, listening to, to or or watching you play or something like that, but but that's me. But that's what I would do. I'm not saying that anybody else would do that, but I I see possibilities. I think I know well, who I'd like I said, to be. I mean, we're going to see. We're going to see what we can do. Obviously, this is a professional undertaking, but uh, you know, if there are ways to uh, maybe do things that are more or less uh, visual Easter eggs for us in the community. Mm. I have discussed that with Meredith and Austin, and uh, I mean they're kind of uh, up for it. All things being considered, and within you know reasonable limitations, but okay. uh, they they like the idea of having some surprises. Well, there has to be a cow in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, th I think if I was in there, I'd, I'd probably be one of the one of the press scrum. Um, who was uh, taking the photograph of you uh, during the, the hearing while you were playing the machine. There you that go. Would be, that would be a great, great one to be at. Okay. Well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Meredith and Austin will listen to this uh, when it uh, becomes live and uh, we'll see what notes they take and uh, what kind of roles they'll uh, meet out for, uh, for both of you. Excellent. Well, uh, Fingers crossed that by uh, October uh, we'll, we'll be allowed to uh, to come to America and uh, and who knows it may just fit in with uh, with our schedule of travel as well. Well, that and hopefully by coming here you won't have to quarantine for fourteen days. Yes, that's right. That's the big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean this is all very exciting and uh, well, you're looking at um, tentatively a, a release in the middle of next year for this. I would think, I mean, I, I, that we have not really gone through yet. I'll follow the guidelines of uh, whatever MPI has uh, mm -hmm. in terms of scheduling and what's best for them. But I have to believe that post-production uh, will probably be at least six to eight to nine months. Mm. So kind of work it out from there. Uh, as I said, it's not as if we're doing uh, lots of uh, special effects that I know of. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to speak. Well, obviously, it's more than just a, fi a small filter uh, to to get that that seventies vibe. Uh, well, that and truthfully, look, you know, one of the keys, and I've listed out for uh, for MPI and for the Brags, uh, the games that I think are most relevant in my life um, that uh, I need to have be in place for various scenes, not the least of which obviously is going to be El Dorado and, yeah, bank, and bank Shot, yeah. for, for the court scene. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, even the inspiration for Sharpshooter uh, being uh, Free Fall slash Sky Jump right. and Satin Doll, you know, the pinball community kind of knows those games that, uh, you know, were very instrumental uh, for me, whether it's Hurdy Gurdy and Subway and uh, Cowpoke, and majorettes from that era. So we're going to have to do, you know, some deep diving 
and God willing, be able to find, you know, the appropriate machines. I think the other part, in all honesty, is, you know, some of what has been recounted, uh, the, uh, the machines that were closed down in New York City that started all of this process going in the first place. Right. And it needs some machines not to be destroyed necessarily. Uh, this is not going to be a feeding frenzy as was the case in the movie Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Where I still remember Alvin Gottlieb and I talking and Alvin sharing with me how his heart was breaking along with Judd uh, when they saw the movie and saw that those were real machines that Ken Russell had uh, destroyed. Mm-hmm. As part of the movie, throwing them over when they were uh, showing the destruction of games uh, back in the uh, early 40s as part of the movie. It wasn't as little cardboard boxes that were colored. Those were real games. And if you go back, for those who have even the curiosity to do so, you can see that, uh, God, those, those, those are the inner workings. Look at all those relay banks and things. Those are real back glasses and real play fields that they just destroyed. Utterly. Yeah. I know. So, you know, want to be as careful as possible in terms of any damage that either needs to be done and will do things appropriately and or games that need to really be in somewhat pristine condition because it could be a 40-year-old game that's going to need to look like it's four days old. Right. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like somebody should... Uh, should get the list of of games that are coming up for auction at the Museum of Pinball, and see if there are any uh, any titles there that would be be suitable, and uh, and maybe contact the either buy them or contact the owners who who do buy them, and see if they'd be willing to to lend them for for use in the movie. No, it's a great idea, you know, and it, it really is unfortunate, I guess, with John's collection as to you know whatever is going to happen to it. Uh, that was a remarkable. Venue, yes, yeah. at least. Well, if I recall correctly, it only had games uh, from 1965 and up, uh, so that would actually, well, the, the not sure the, about the hurdy gurdy, but I think you might even find that in there. And um, no, I think that there were some. I remember when I went out for the first year, I think that he was staging it and wound up, as I affectionately think of it seeing some of my old friends <laughs> that I hadn't seen or played in a long time. And Sid was around working feverishly to, to fix games and along with the other guys. And uh, it was it was wonderful. It was kind of a throwback to an, another year. So, yes, that is something that we're going to be looking at. And I am sure that we will probably get a point and maybe it is going to be in this release that's coming up uh, on the IFPA website from uh, Meredith and Austin that will list out uh, some of the uh, the games that I have shared with them as to what I believe are going to be really important to have. All right. So, so getting back to the movie, um, is it going to stop at the story of the uh, you testifying at city council, or is also um, the, the development of, of Sharpshooter and uh, other games that you were involved in, is that also going to be uh, featured in the movie at the end, possibly? I think that there'll be an epilogue of sorts so that uh, I just don't drift off in the distance at the uh, courtroom. Right. Okay. Well, 
all I can say is congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. a very exciting project, and we, and we look forward to, to following how it goes. Well, you and me both. You know, there, <laughs> there was a sense of uh, incredulousness to it in the beginning, and it was like, yeah, right. And then suddenly it was a little bit more real and a little bit more real and a little bit more real. And lo and behold, uh, here here we are on the precipice. So uh, it's exciting. And I'm it hoping is. that, you know, the folks specifically in the pinball community uh, will, will like it. You know, the outside world, uh, whatever level of curiosity or interest they may have about somebody like me, <laughs> uh, that's anybody's guess. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And maybe, Martin, going back to your question before as to did I ever envision things being what they are mm -hmm. with the court case? No. So I cannot even fathom uh, whatever the reaction may be going forward about uh, this, uh, in quotes, feature film. Well, it's good that the, uh, the film is being made by non-pinball people, so it, it has a much more of a mainstream slant to it rather than being you know, just one for the fans. This is uh, much more, uh, has much broader appeal, I think, or that's, that's the way it will be made, I'm sure. No, I think so, and I think that, again, the core of it, though, is going to be the celebration of not only a person's life, but uh, more importantly, how uh, pinball helps define that life. And there you have it. Thank you very much indeed, Roger. That's, very, yeah. that's great. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, well, good news for Roger, and um, we're very happy, and obviously uh, this is uh, was probably going to be uh, uh, a 2023 movie, I suppose, with all the editing and so on, but uh, I look forward to seeing it. Well, no, he said it's uh, going to be in the in summer of next year, he said. Uh, so well, that's when they stop filming, but or when the filming has to be done, but then they still have to do the editing, and it could be easily, like... Eight months or so, I don't know. Mm. So, anyway, oh, well, we, we will we'll keep you updated on that, as we said. We'll, uh, right. we'll, we'll get, check back with Roger uh, free, uh, right. regularly to see uh, how the progress is going. Right, okay. Now, since we're doing interviews, mm. okay, uh, there is another event that is uh, uh, definitely worth mentioning, um, and that's Wayne Nyan's 103rd birthday. Yes, congratulations, and, uh, Wayne. Yes, as you... Uh, may know uh, uh, Wayne Nyans is featured uh, well his entire career in pinball is featured in pinball magazine number five Wayne used to be the uh, uh, game designer at Gottlieb and later chief engineer and he's been involved in 180 games or so and uh, well he's still alive yeah. 103 years old and he's still sharp as a knife now, um, I uh, uh, obviously interviewed and visited Wayne uh, a couple of times uh, for Pinball Magazine number five, but I kept uh, in contact with Wayne and I gave him a call uh, the evening before uh, his 103rd birthday. Um, I, without Wayne knowing it, I recorded that call and um, uh, I edited. I, I, I edited out some elements which I would like to join uh, or to to share with you and everybody else. So uh, let's take a listen to uh, my conversation with Wayne Nyans. Okay. Um, I call you a day ahead to congratulate you on your hundred and third birthday. It's uh, amazing. 
It is amazing, yes. You know, you know Will White? Yep, I know Will White. Well, he said he's right across the table from me here. Okay. That's very nice. Hello, Will. Hi there. Well, we're just sitting down to eat dinner. Okay, so am I interrupting? Well, you you never interrupt. You you know you're one of those kind of guys that are welcome to talk at any time, any time, any place. Okay. Well, I don't want your dinner to get cold. Well, we're just we're just starting dinner, so. Uh, but I'm sure glad you called up. Well, a hundred and three, Wayne. You're the oldest living pinball designer ever. <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm very happy to, to still have you uh, around. I'm sure glad you did call and uh, and you remembered, and that's great. I, I You know, I really appreciate, I, I got a lot of cards from people and telephone calls. Well, I figured I that you'd be busy tomorrow, so I call a day ahead. I'm glad you did. But I can't imagine 103. Well, if anybody can, you should be. I can't imagine it. I'm, what time is it over there? It must be morning, huh? It's uh, 2.30 uh, at night. 2.30. Oh, my goodness. Why aren't you in bed? Well, I figured I'd give you a call. <laughs> over well, here, I, it's I, already your yeah. birthday, Wayne. So I wanted That's to be I, the first. Oh, wonderful. That's so nice. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it, Jonathan. I, so, I know so, you... How's your health these days? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's deteriorating, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel I have another year. At least. I, uh, I have a friend here in town who said on my 100th birthday, he got up and made a little speech. And, and, and he said, when he's going to make 104 years old. Right. And I, I, I laughed at him, you know. Of course, now every time I see him, he says, well, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'll make 104. So, well, uh, we're expecting you to make 104, and uh, hopefully even 105 and beyond. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I tell you, Will, Will and I are sitting there eating and uh, talking and having fun. We're laughing about different guys and different features of games and uh, what we liked and what Parker liked and what Parker did with his glasses and so on. And we're having a ball. Excellent. Are your uh, daughters coming over for your uh, for your birthday? Uh, one of one of them is already here, and the other one is not going to come because she just had her hip operated on, and she can't drive. So ah, okay. He's not going to make it. My son can't make it. He's he's not well either. No, when your kids are in their seventies, you know, it, it's terrible. They have problems of their own. I suppose I, that's I, true hard to understand that, that your your daughter has uh, hip operations, you know. Why? How how that happen? And your I son got a bad back, he can't sit very long. You know, it's amazing how they get old and have troubles, and, and I keep going. Well, you're an inspiration to everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but I try. I have one question for you, Jonathan. Sure, Will. Go ahead. Are you and Martin coming over in 2021 to the U.S.? Uh, we are hoping that we can make it to Pinball Expo in October. Oh, great. Okay. But 
so far um, there's a travel ban. We can't even if we want to, we can't travel to the U.S. from Europe, and that's yeah. basically been prohibited. And the uh, COVID virus is uh, actually spreading again here in Europe. So I don't think it will be very likely. We're trying to, but I sort of hope for March 2022. Good. Well, whenever you make it, if you're here in the U.S., uh, I'll, I'll follow your travels based on your uh, internet information and try to come see you guys. Oh, uh, well, much appreciated, Will. Your, uh, the, the stuff you put out every month is very fun to read, so I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you letting me know. All righty. Well, too bad you're not here to hear these stories that Wayne and I are laughing <laughs> well, I know time. Wayne's stories are great, so uh, you, you must be having a ball. It's hard for me to think up stories that I haven't told them already, so. <laughs> but I, I, okay. I got to save a few for another year. Right? <laughs> well, Will, bring him a pinball machine year, because... I have another story for him. Right. So, um, is anybody going to bring you a pinball machine just to fix the wrappers to keep you busy? <laughs> well, you know, I'd love to work on another game, I guess, but I don't know. My eyesight isn't too good anymore, and, but my mind is still good. And that, that's what I, I'm most happy about, that my mind is still, still good. I can calculate things and do things but my memory is is what is the worst part you know what, what how how come that happens no because you stopped playing pinball <laughs> well you're not gonna believe this but i i think of pinballs and and dream of them at night today even today if, if you have a if you wake up in the middle of the night with an idea for a pinball game Make sure you have pen and paper ready to draw it down. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. So I'll do that, Jonathan. Okay. Um, I hear Stern Pinball has a job opening for a pinball designer. Um, you want me to put a good uh, a word in for you? Yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid it's, it's an era that's gone past, you know. It was an era at span of about 20 years that pinballs were the best, and now and then they went off right away. There's no pinball uh, to amount to anything today. They, they make a few, you know, here and there, but they're, they're not like we were making, where hundreds and thousands of the number. Uh, well, some sell well, but they're nothing compared to. Uh, well, it's a completely different world right now. The games of today are, are so different than the games that you used to design. Yeah, it's a, a different game, entirely different. You know. But you still have two bats uh, to, to beat the ball around, so uh, that stayed the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about ready to hang it up, I think. You just promised to make it 104. So well, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot for yeah, 104. That's what you said last year when I was here for your 102nd. Yeah, that's what, what uh, what's the name down here said, 104, and I oh, I can't be. <laughs> but here I'm at 103 already. So. Yeah, but that's right. so that must be horrible, because the closer you get, you never know when is it going to end. You never know. What, what keeps me here? I, I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> well, the water, the water. The water. I, I think it's just I'm only here just to irritate my friend here. 
something tells me that you're probably well you you stop designing pinball machines but maybe you're not done yet and they keep you well, here as long as till you until you finish a job i'd sure like to design another game i tell you but that's out of good question no 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 all you have to do is design it on paper and then we'll find people to to turn it into a reality well i'd sure <laughs> like to do it i think of it every night you know Okay. I dream oh, Write no. down your ideas. I'm so curious to see what you're coming up with. <laughs> well, uh, Jonathan, I've, I'm what you call over the hill. Well, way, way over the hill. I'm not sure how to put this, but um, well, you can always get back on the hill. <laughs> what do you think? You can get back on the hill there. Jonathan, you come over here to Mountain Home and you start a pinball company and I'll be sure and get Wayne to design a game. I'll, I'll sit him down with a slide rule and some tools, and if, but first you've got to put the pinball machine here in Mountain Home, okay? <laughs> I was hoping you brought one. <laughs> you know, he didn't bring any games with him. Mm, too bad. I still I think I still feel you never should have departed with that um, spirit of '76. That was a game, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and you were quite good at it. Yeah, I was pretty good at that game. You heard about the time I switched the flippers around, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Ever hear that? Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember that story. Michael Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh Michael, he, he he was hurt. He was really hurt because he, you know, he is a top player. Yeah, and, uh, and a nice guy too. It's a good prank, Wayne. You're a good pranker. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we have fun. Right. So. What a fun industry! What a fun job to have! And uh, all my life, I had fun. Maybe, maybe that's why I lived so long. Well, I had fun. maybe that's the secret to getting old. Just make sure you have plenty of fun. You know, it, it may have a lot to do with it. It well, might have a lot to do with it. Then I foresee that I might be getting very old as well. There you go. Now all I need to do is start designing pinball machines. Jonathan, how old are you? I'm, uh, I turned 50 this year. Oh, you're just a kid. Yeah, <laughs> just a kid. Oh, my goodness. We're old to be 50 years old again. Enjoy. Well, Wayne, you still have Enjoy the spirit of a 50-year-old. Yeah, I, I think I do. I, I try to keep my spirits up and... I look at the bright side of everything. I don't. I don't go around moping or anything. I, 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 I think I keep it up a good outlook. Don't I? You have a good sense of humor. That's what counts. Yeah, I, I can. I can crack a joke once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you remember some of the crazy things that happened, you know? Uh, please give my regards to Will and your daughter. And it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, Wayne. Okay, it's my pleasure. My pleasure, and I appreciate the call. And thank you very much. Okay. So. Bye bye. Uh, bye bye. So what did I tell you? He's still very uh, yeah, uh, witty and and energetic, and uh, well, like he said himself, he has the mind of a fifty-year-old. But uh, unfortunately, his body is uh, 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 a little bit older. Um, but but he's still very. Um, in, in well, how do you say? In good spirits, um, he's very upbeat and um, he's uh, yeah. having a good time, enjoying himself. Um, although the physical uh, discomfort of being 103 is not always that enjoyable, of course. But uh, well, based on what you said there, I think you, maybe you should you should qualify what you what you said earlier that uh, 
that Pinball Magazine number five uh, include Wayne Nine's entire career in pinball up until now. Well, and uh, you never know. I he, keep I, I keep pushing Wayne to um, to 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 come up with new designs. I mean, he may not be able to complete to complete the design, but if he comes up with a good idea, we can still find the people to um, to make it happen. Yeah, no, well, as you, as you said, a, we know there's an opening now for a, a game designer. So, right. uh, well, if 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 a big name leaves, it's best to fill it up uh, <laughs> to to replace it with another big name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so uh, congratulations again to Wayne, and uh, we look forward to uh, to celebrating his 104th birthday this time next year. Right. Now, um, we mentioned that uh, August the 1st was uh, was um, the, the date on which uh, New York passed into law um, the, the legalization of pinball, and it was also Roger Sharp's birthday. Well, it was also uh, August the 1st this year was uh, the date which... Uh, the IFPA reinstated accreditation of uh, pinball tournaments around the world, which means that you can start earning your WPPR or, or Whopper points again. And uh, there's a big rush of tournaments on that date and uh, very soon afterwards for people to start earning those points again, uh, having been denied them uh, over the past year or more. So I still feel that they should do uh, some sort of deal with Burger King. <laughs> that if you compete, that you get a discount on uh, on your next Whopper meal. Yeah, well, it would certainly make sense. Uh, should at least sponsor could something. Could be a great publicity stunt for pinball as well. Yeah, well, the more publicity, the better, as we've been talking about. So, uh, anyway, from now on, uh, if you're running a tournament, uh, you will be able to award Whopper points to those. Well, there's... Um I think uh, two items left. Uh, one item left on uh, on the. Um, uh, yeah, the list really. Things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a, fi- a final item, last but not least, um, Brian Allen, who has uh, been doing some uh, uh, artwork for Pinball, as uh, as as you may remember, uh, doing some mashups and so on. He announced a new Williams mashup art. Yes, um, featuring numerous characters from from. Valley Williams games. It's all all licensed through Planetary Pinball, and um, it basically crams in a huge number of different characters from, from various games into a single uh, single art piece. So, uh, translite sized piece, or oh, translite shaped. I suppose it could be uh, could be made at multiple sizes. But um, yeah, um, you'll uh, you could have fun going through there and trying to name all the different characters from and and the games in which they appear. Right. Yeah. So uh, still not not sure why he uh, officially licensed them because if he's doing his own interpretation, I don't think that's necessary. But then again, if he's working uh, with uh, PPS um, and that gets him, uh, make sure that he's not into trouble. Then uh, good yeah, for him, I, I suppose. I think that's the reason. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, it may not be uh, absolute legal requirement, but uh, avoids any any complications and uh, you know. Makes it easier for everybody all round. Um, okay, so how many uh, did you recognise? Uh, I didn't actually have a chance to go through them all, but um, I, th- I don't think there were any in there I didn't recognise. Right, okay, so... Uh, from from, from uh, a first glance, put it that way. Yeah, okay, so from the top of my head, I remember Dr. Dude being on there and uh, mm-hmm. the Barracora head being uh, the centrepiece. Yeah, I haven't got it in front of me, so I can't, uh, can't remember it, but it was... So. Uh, it was it was certainly uh, a, a very interesting piece, and uh, you know, 
Uh, so Brian always produces some some very very uh, clever and uh, stylized pieces, and uh, and this is no exception. Right. So okay. uh, you mentioned uh, that was the last piece of news, but there was one more item, of course. Oh. Um, what did I Well, um, we were talking earlier for about uh, the about Deep Root and uh, and the Raza game there, which of course is uh, John Popperduke development. Ah, um, right. Yeah, I know where um, you're going. Yeah. Now. Uh, it wasn't originally slated when it was when it was with Zidware that that would be the first game to be produced. The first game to be manufactured was Magic Girl. Yes, and, uh, and of course it was actually yes. manufactured uh, eventually in w- one form or another. Um, it was built at the uh, American Pinball uh, Factory, as it was as was the American Pinball Factory then. Of course, they moved since then. Right. And uh, I forget exactly how many, it was like 26 or something of those machines I think originally uh, John sold 25 games um, and uh, in the end I think they built 19 or so. Okay. So right. it's, a, it's a very limited game of course, yes, and I know where you're, uh, where you're heading at. Um, uh, last month I mentioned that uh, Gerard of the Dutch Pinball Museum posted a photo uh, of himself standing next to uh, three Magic Girl games at a location mm. uh, which turned out to be in the Netherlands. And in the meantime, I've been in contact with the uh, the owners of these games who claim that they got the game working. And um, um, last week I had the, uh, uh, the good fortune to uh, actually visit them, um, see the game in person, play it and um, uh, I must say it's a very interesting game Um, and they told me the story uh, of all the technical um, uh, solutions they came up with Mm -hmm. to to get the game working uh, which is quite impressive and uh, well the main reason to tell you this because a lot of people have been asking like or don't even believe that this is uh, happening or, or that they did what they claimed that they did uh, so they asked for video footage, and the um, uh, the good news is, I will be going back uh, to actually um, uh, host a video um, in which we will be um, uh, showing all the technical uh, developments that they went through to get the game uh, working, where you can start uh, various multi balls and have balls locked and what have you. Um, I was really impressed with what they did and uh, some of the solutions that they came up with. Um, the idea is that uh, we'll, we'll be shooting that video uh, this month, but it still needs to be edited. And um, I think we can expect it to be um, made public by the end of September. That's a, a very rough uh, uh, deadline, I would say, but that's sort of what I got the feeling is the is the goal. The goal is to publish such video at the end of September, uh, but it's going to be uh, edited and uh, narrated and, and 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 what have you. So it should be a good quality video uh, highlighting. Uh, well, it's going to be the sort of like the story of uh, what the original buyers eventually got mm-hmm. and what it is now. So. Yeah, it's probably worth going back and recapping and saying that that the game as as manufactured at American Pinball by by John and the team um, was actually missing huge amounts of mechanisms and also some of the 
some of the bits of it just simply didn't work. Right. It was. Uh, it looked beautiful and had great lighting, but it was fundamentally flawed, and it wasn't. It wasn't in act. In actual fact, a, a playable game. You could shoot. You could flip the ball around and make a couple of shots, but there was. It really wasn't working at all. And yeah, there was no uh, possibility to lock balls, uh, for no. example. So you could never start a multi-ball. And um, well, there were other aspects. I mean, there's a mini play field that has. Uh, magnets on there, but uh, well, if you can't get the ball up the mini play field, no, that's right. There's no means of actually getting up there, right? To it. So, um, and they fixed that, and um, it's uh, it's quite an enjoyable game. What it is so far, and they're still working on some tweaks, uh, things that they uh, they need to uh, to finish. Um, and, and this is a a homebrew project. It's yes. not something that's going to be commercially available for no, I don't think so. The sure. other few owners of, of, of those games to, well, to purchase as a kit, or or I, indeed to have their machine sent to these guys and uh, well, have the the mods uh, applied. Well, what I've seen, it's not like oh, if you here's a here's a couple of parts, and if you screw these here and there, and then uh, then you're all set. No, it's absolutely not like that. No, um, they really did some. Um, uh, very impressive modifications um, to uh, to the game. Uh, one I can, uh, for example, I think it's interesting to mention. Uh, if you are familiar with the layout of uh, Magic Girl, it has a um, uh, in the center of the playfield. Uh, there is uh, a sort of a mini playfield with two magnets, uh, similar to the mini playfield of Twilight Zone. But because the game has an LCD as a back panel, uh, it's uh, blocking uh, part of the LCD screen. And uh, especially uh, the, the, uh, uh, there's a diverter with a coil on top of that ramp that's really in blocking your view. Uh, but they came up with a modification to put that coil on the underside of the, uh, of the ramp. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, first of all, it's working, and second, it's no longer blocking your view. They also raised the uh, the LCD, I think, by half an inch or something like that. So it's okay. uh, all sorts of uh, uh, mechanical changes, I suppose, to the game. So it's not something that you can easily do uh, uh, with a um, a kit, so to speak, no. like uh, if you uh, uh, go ahead and, and fix your game. And I think it's also, uh, well... If a kit would be an option, I mean, there's um, 19 of these games available uh, or existence in existence around the world. Uh, that's hardly commercial, uh, commercial no. viable to 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 make such a kit, I suppose, if it was even an option. So. No, that's what I was asking whether people would be able to send their games if they had them to to the team and uh, get these all these yeah, uh, changes if, applied. What if, what if such a game is in Australia? Yeah, well. Yeah. It's a it's a rare enough game. It's going to have going to have a lot of value, but uh, well, but no, none of this has been um, achieved in conjunction with John Popperduke. Is that right? Uh, as far as I know, uh, not yet or no. So no. they they basically they um, are trying to uh, stay as close and authentic to what John had in mind with the game, but obviously they are facing technical challenges um, to to get certain things to work. And um, 
so they tried to stay as close as John intended it for as far as they can see how John intended it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, right. Oh, well, um, we look forward to, to seeing uh, more of that and, and the video when that eventually comes out. Right, so uh, that, that will be something that I'm working on. And um, uh, well, I don't want to leave you here hanging uh, with a teaser, but um, it's, uh, it will be an interesting project. So. Yeah, sounds like it. it. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, and I, I suppose that rounds it up for, uh, well, the month of July and the first week of August. I think it does, yes. I think uh, we, we've covered quite a lot in this one. And it's, uh, as you can see, it's all here. It's been a, a busy time and uh, with some exciting news and some, uh, some interesting uh, staff moves as well. Right. Uh, as, well as, as well as some new games coming out. So uh, that is it for July 2021. We will be back at the end of this month uh, to look at the no, start of next month. No, we will be back sooner with Steve Ritchie. You're right. I was forgetting myself and forgetting Steve. Yep. If, if all goes to plan, we will, and there's no guarantee of anything at the moment, but uh, if it does go to plan, then we will be back uh, with, with a, a special bonus uh, recording of podcast with uh, Steve Ritchie, telling us all about his, his new role at uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. And after that, we will be back at the end of uh, August, uh, sorry, end of, uh, yeah, end of August, start of uh, September, to look back at uh, the rest of uh, August and everything that happened in the pinball world there. So uh, until then, from uh, from myself, Martin Ayo, and... From me, Jonathan Houston. We uh, wish you a very happy August, and we'll, we'll see you at the end of it. Or prior to that. Uh, yeah, for the, uh, for the interview. Okay. Yes, exactly. So uh, until then, stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.